Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Rise and grind, ladies and gentlemen. It's about to get bumpy. Time to attack and dominate. This is Morning Juice with Brandon Beam and Bobby Carpenter. Happy Thursday. I'm Mark Deshart filling in for Brandon Beam. It is day number nine of Beamer's vacation. He's in Michigan. And we'll be back with us on Monday. Robert Carpenter the third is in Florida, but he's still with us this morning. Bodie is producing as we take you to 9 o'clock this morning. Uh, good morning, Bob. How are things down there in oh, the boy. Sunshine State? Oh, boy, Shark. It is, uh, it's a good day to be here, man. It's exciting. There's a lot going on. Didn't know if I was actually going to be able to make it. We had a lot of technical issues yesterday that I was working through that you didn't even know about. Um, the Wi-Fi stick that I was, get, that I was given wasn't working. Mm. Uh, so we had that going on. Uh, so that was, a, that was a little bit of an issue right there. I uh, got it remediated with uh, some wa- with a direct Ethernet connection. Thought this is going to be even better. Sounds like it should be a great situation. Um, and then uh, it took a long time to get that correct. And I was told before I went to bed, it's going to be fixed because we had to go. We had dinner. We had some events. Buckeye Spectacular, introducing it, hugging cancer survivors, all these great things. And then I came down this morning, and there was it was a little bit dicey. I had to work through some stuff. And... Um, yeah, and then obviously someone was connected to the access line that I normally connect to, which uh, gave me great concern as it was ringing and busy. So mm. all those things were overcome this morning as I was kind of in a panic, and I know you were too, Shark, because you would have be, had to have been the one that would have had to govern this ship <laughs> by yourself. And so I didn't want to do that to you. I was uh, frantically working to try to get this figured out uh, the best that I could, and thankfully we got it all taken care of. And my man, um, gosh, what was his name yesterday? Mark something or other. And he was fantastic. He promised me that this would be done. And I'm like, I'm sorry, man. What was his name? Mark Leon, like the Kings of Leon is what I'm going to call him. Because he's like, nope, I got you. He had some sort of org chart up, Shark, that looked like it was a web of trying to like hack into the Pentagon's mainframe. <laughs> he's like, I got to get this uh, the, this Ethernet cord deal turned on. I'm like, turned on? It's, it's right there. Plug it in. He's like, well, it's not that easy. Because we run on Wi-Fi now and everything harder than anyone uses this stuff. So he had this grid up that he was working through. I'm like, my goodness, who are you talking to on the other end of that line, by the way? And someone, but it, it, he got it working, man. My man Mark Kings of Leon <laughs> came through in a big way, Shark, because I... Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit worried. I woke up this morning, and normally I work out beforehand. I mean, I don't think the gym's open, by the way, probably prior to like 6 o'clock anyway here. And so I'm like, you know what? I still woke up at like 4.15, 4.20. Like, I was panicking. I'm like, oh, my gosh, i got to get downstairs. Like, wait a second. I've got to get another hour because I'm going to come downstairs at 5.30 and do everything, get prepped up, and be good to go Uh, since I ended up going to bed at about 11.30 last night, which was far earlier than my wife, who stumbled in at some point <laughs> in the middle of the night and woke me up. But whatever. I was probably the first Buckeye down, which, uh, Shark, that's the best I can do. But I will tell you this. So tomorrow I'm going to try to – or the rest of today I'm going to try to get some uh, some sound from some guys. So I'll have a lot of action going tomorrow. 
uh, to be able to help with uh, help with the show. Talked to Scooney Penn a lot about you know his experience in Memphis and everything that was going on there. I mean, just uh, just a great dude. Buckeyes helping Buckeyes, and uh, you know, a terrific. A really terrific event. We can get into this a little bit as we yeah. go through the show, but so, it was uh, it's fantastic. So, uh, Bob, where are you in the hotel when you when you say down here? Are you like in a, a conference room or where? Uh, are yeah, you? I'm in a I'm in a conference room. I mean, the other option I was going to maybe do it from uh, do it from my my uh, room. Yeah, and my wife was in there. I was like, yeah, you know, I had the Wi-Fi signal. Hey, I can even do this on the balcony. You could maybe hear the waves crashing, Shark. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a, that sound lovely, but. I'm downstairs in a conference room. They got it set up. It's it's a tiny little, not a tiny, it's a normal-sized conference room. You know, it's got a nice little circular table in the middle. And they're storing a lot of the band equipment for the alumni band down here. So that's uh, that's where I'm at. Right. It's fine. They've got a Starbucks around the corner. I could smell them brewing some stuff up. So I'm going to have to get some coffee here eventually. But before I did any of that, I wanted to make sure, Sharks, that I got logged on here and tackled any of the technical issues yes. that potentially could have been going on because I'm not the most technical person. I know it. I know enough about this to be dangerous and uh sometimes it does get a little bit dangerous when things don't work and you were assured that they were going to. Yeah. But thankfully our guy Mark Kings of Leon was able to get it done. Well, you're coming through loud and clear. I will say this: you sound a little uh froggy this morning, like That's good. like you were up all night or something. Not all night, but okay. I was up till about eleven thirty. I was in bed before midnight. That's great. I promised myself I was going to be uh I was gonna try to get to bed before eleven and that didn't happen. I ran into Kirk Coleman at the end of the night and just oh. started talking about life and everything that he's doing and he's got four kids, his wife, you know, was a soccer player at Ohio State. We started talking about kids playing soccer and all this different stuff and this is what's great about the Buckeye Cruise. I mean you start running to guys who I have not seen in a long time. Talking about a guy, Nate Sally, who played safety with me, who mm-hmm. Kurt never played with, but still lives in the Charlotte area with Kurt. And so they started having a nice, you know, he starts talking about his relationship with him and how he met him. And uh, it's fantastic. Now, I know you were able to get the Buckeye Cruise for cancer in last year. Just, guys, just a few weeks, really, before well, the we country shut like down. we landed the world was shut down. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm sure you're going to be back on the open seas next year. Just give me, uh, give us a couple of... Uh, a couple of names of guys or gals that you're looking forward to seeing this week, people you haven't seen since last year's cruise. Uh, well, one guy who I haven't seen in about three months, Anthony Schlegel, who drove in from Jacksonville, somehow made it. It's Shark, it isn't raining anywhere else in the country, but it's raining in Florida, oh. of course. I mean, I looked at the Doppler, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. It looks like it's San Diego in Ohio, the San Diego of the Midwest. <laughs> like, that looks tremendous. Oh, but we got a nice little swirling storm here. Not storm, just drizzle, drizzly rain. Uh, so strikes came up, but so I've seen him since then, but it's been a while. So I've seen Kirk Coleman. Uh, I talked to Ryan Chazier. Great to see him. Scooney Penn, you know, he's out in Memphis now coaching with the Grizzlies. Yeah. Great to see him. Um, gosh, who else? I'm trying to think who else is from out of town. Who have, and even people in town who you just don't get a chance to see. Cousineau, it's been a long since, time since I talked to him. Good friend of mine, Doug Daddis, who was uh, on uh, my squad. Uh, Tyvis, I saw Tyvis this offseason, him and Cardale a lot. I'm just rolling through a bunch of names here. I think Zeke might be getting in today. Love always seeing Zeke. He's just a, a little ball of fun. Such a good good dude. and you know It's really starting. It's, it's fun, Shark, getting to watch some of these guys like grow into – to men, I've known them since they were like 17 years old now, 
and seeing them like almost 10 years later, like becoming responsible adults, getting married, having children, still playing, maybe not second career, you know, it's just stuff like that. And so as I sit here and try to think of through all the guys, man, there, there's just so many, um, and there's still more even coming and I mean, my goodness, shark, it's, it's been a while. It's going to be, it's been a while. It's going to be a, a a wild four days down there for you. We'll get more updates from you throughout the morning. But right now, it is June 17th, 2021. Time to get smarter. Morning Juice presents Today in History. Here's your professor, Bobby Carpenter. Oh, boy. So we've got a big date in history, June 17th, the 168th day of the year. This date, 1775, the Battle of Bunker Hill mm. in the American Revolution kicked off. British won the battle but sustained heavy losses, Shark, thus knowing that they were going to be in for a long battle. So uh, good for them. American forces getting it done. The Rebs back in 1775. Um, 1885, Shark, Lady Liberty lands on our shores and since you're a big history guy yes what country we got that as a gift from france there you go shark i knew i could count on you as a and, gift from france and i will say this bob in paris there is a statue of liberty it's a, a smaller version but gustav eiffel who obviously helped to build eiffel the eiffel tower, tower he designed <laughs> the kind of the framework for the Statue of Liberty, and uh, he he built one right there in Paris as well. Yeah, that is, uh, that's fantastic, Shark. I knew I could count on you for that. <laughs> I knew it was, I knew there was a, a, a smaller one in France, because they gave us the bigger one, like yeah. you would, like you do your friends. So you know what, uh, the French coming through, Lady Liberty arrives on our shores in New York City, this date, 1885. Uh, the bait of many, uh, many high school juniors and seniors exists in Shark. They they established a standardized college entrance entrance exam known as the SAT. This date, nineteen oh one. So about was that one hundred and twenty years ago? The SAT is introduced, and no one has enjoyed it since then. So uh, I got some good news on that, and it's probably not going away anytime soon. Although I did hear this year that they they waived a bunch of stuff for college entrances because. You couldn't get together, so how the heck are you supposed to take it? So this was the year, if you didn't want to take the SAT, Shark, that you should have been in school, mm-hmm. even though it's a little bit late uh, for all of us. I uh, talked a little bit yesterday, Shark, about the public executions, the ability to pay for schools with you know state or the, the tax money off of gambling, and I said, hey, maybe you should do what I do. My suggestion, you televise some of the executions, you vote in on how you want to see them die, and twenty four ninety nine, and all the money goes to the kids, so everybody loves it. It's all for the kids. That's what we're all about here. Well, nineteen thirty nine, Shark, and so this wasn't that long ago, eighty two years ago. That was the last public guillotining in France. <laughs> Mister uh, Egan Weedman uh, was a was a murderer, convicted of murder, at least we will. Who knows if he was innocent or not. Uh, but right outside the Palace of Versailles, they slapped his head down on the block mm. and pulled that blade. 82 years ago today, the last public guillotine in France. Do you think the head lands in a basket or they just let it roll to wherever it, well, it stops? That is a really a great question. You'd like to think that they would have had a fairly efficient mechanism by then that it would just like dump out in a basket. 
But I could see it just for effect, letting that thing roll down, maybe roll off like the stage down under the ground. I wonder if they put it on a pike. That would have been probably the next question. Yeah, I mean, then what do you do with the head once you have it severed? You know, John the Baptist's head was given to uh, the king's daughter. Well, according to uh, Braveheart, William Wallace's head was set on London Bridge, and his body, his arms and legs were sent to the four corners of England as a warning. Mm. But I don't know if that's actually true or not, but that's what they used to do in London. Apparently, I don't know if in France they had, like, pikes outside of Versailles. They'd throw a head on the pike. Um, really getting full medieval going there. Uh, maybe they just put it with the rest of the body, Shark. I don't know if they bury you, if they burn you. Who knows what yeah, happens after that. Know. But no idea. I mean, you're a, the headless horseman there laying, uh, laying on the guillotine rack. But this date, 82 years ago, was the final one, at least and, publicly. And also, I don't want to be morbid, but think That's about okay. this, Bob. Does the brain still have... Uh, a Some second function? or two of function or five seconds. In other words, when the thing is severed, is it still working for a small period of time for the person to know what the heck is going on? I would think if it's a clean cut, I would think that you would be able to probably maybe see like the rest of your body as your head oh, rolls come off. On. I mean, that's what I think. Oh, I mean, there's going to be some blood in there, and so you're gonna there's going to be a little bit of a lag time shark to where you're not fully dead, but not really alive yet either. That's just my thoughts on yeah, it. Yeah, that's not a brutal. Maybe you need to close your eyes before the, the guillotine comes yeah. down so you can't see your body. Once I don't know severed. if there's anyone you could ask about that, though, who's experienced exactly. it. <laughs> once that happens, I don't, I don't think you can really testify as to your state of uh, consciousness after you've been beheaded, if you will. So it's a little bit of a difficult situation to get a read on uh, with everything there. Um, so yeah, that's public guillotine, <laughs> 82 years ago today, 1972, this day in history, Shark, five operatives are arrested in the Watergate scandal as the walls begin to close in around President um, Nixon, Nixon as you know, he is eventually, eventually resigns uh, before ultimately he probably would have been impeached and probably been the first president removed from office in that way, but he ultimately resigned. Um, but yeah, five operatives arrested this date and during Watergate. And one of the great events of my young life, Shark, and I'll never forget watching it. It was, I was watching it during the NBA playoffs. And it was oh my God, the Houston Rockets, I believe. Yes. Versus the Knicks. New York Knicks. Oh, Knicks, yeah. And my dad got mad when they put that in the small screen. <laughs> yes. He's like, I'm just watching this white Bronco drive. Flip it when something good happens. And it was on this date, 1994, that the infamous white Bronco chase occurred, ultimately leading to the arrest of O.J. Simpson in front of wow. his mansion. So that that high speed chase that was going about <laughs> it was 30 low, miles an hour. It was a low speed chase. Yeah. Like, He's just driving on the highway. There's eight cars behind him. If you want to stop him, stop him. I mean, it was uh, it was absolutely a wild, gosh, a wild deal, wild deal. Now that it's been over 20 years later, sure, I think the 20. Whenever they had the 25th anniversary of that, it was what 19 is when they made you know the ESPN documentary. Yes. They had a which was a documentary. Then they actually made a full series in which John Travolta, I believe, played. Uh, oh gosh, Robert Shapiro, 
Um, it was absolutely tremendous, and I watched that too. Well, think so. about Bob when they did that thirty for thirty on ESPN. It was actually not just the O.J. Simpson thing; it was everything that happened in the sports world that day. It oh, was yeah. Arnold Palmer's final round ever at the U.S. Open, and it was—I'm trying to think—was it the New York Rangers winning the Stanley Cup for the I first time so. in a zillion? So many things happened on that day. And of course, the the world was, or at least America was, uh, saturated with the the chase on every network and and cable channel in the country. It was just amazing. Yeah, absolutely, man. It was uh, it's a wild, wild day, man. Wild, wild day. But I saw that, and I'm like, Bronco Chase <laughs> definitely making it into this state in history. Because yes. I will never forget my dad cursing at them, saying he's not doing anything. Just flip it back to the game. Um, is a, is a fine American, I guess. Would ultimately, <laughs> say uh, so. That's the uh, some some of the happenings on this day. Uh, some birthdays: uh, nineteen uh, nineteen forty, Kansas City Chiefs linebacker and Hall of Famer Bobby Bell uh, turns eighty one today. So happy birthday to him! Uh, happy seventy eighth birthday to former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich. Uh, happy seventy eighth birthday, Shark. To Mr. Copacabana, if you will. Oh, Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow turning 78 years old. His face may be full as plastic as the designing water bottle <laughs> yes. I'm drinking right now. But you know what? A happy 78th birthday to Mr. Copacabana himself. Um, happy 66th birthday, Shark. And I've talked about this before because um, Bonnie Blair's birthday came up. Uh, but happy 66th birthday. To American gold medalist Dan Jansen, who probably thought, Shark, that he would never get that gold medal. I believe it was his final Olympics in Albertville, France. He had slipped. He had fallen. He had a million things happen over the previous three Olympics. And finally was able to win a gold medal for the U.S. in speed skating. So a happy 66th birthday to Dan Jansen. A happy 51st birthday, Shark, to Seth Jones' dad, Mr. Popeye Jones, a longtime NBA player. Uh, turning 51 years young today. And a happy 41st birthday was mentioned before to Venus Williams. And a happy 27th birthday uh, to former uh, Oakland Raider and now Dallas Cowboy wide receiver of Alabama, Mr. Amari Cooper. So, Bodie, you can wish him a happy birthday. A couple of holidays and observances today. It's Eat All Your Veggies Day, Shark. So, uh Gobble that up. It's a it's National Apple Strudel Day, which sounds like the opposite of vegetables to me. So you know what? Enjoy that. It's uh, National Career Nurses Assistance Day. So thanks some nurses and everybody who works yes. around them out there. And uh, I guess it's World Croc Day. And I don't know if that means croc the shoes or if that's like crocodile, yeah. uh, the crocodile hunter or and that type of croc. Pot. But or crock pot. There's a lot of different options there. But it just says World Crock Day. So you know what? Happy World Crock Day to everybody out there. That is this date, June sixteenth, the hundred and sixty eighth day in the two thousand and twenty first year of our Lord. You won't believe what happened in the NBA playoffs last night. We'll examine both top seeds going down to defeat. This is morning juice on the fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Good morning. This report is sponsored by Taco Bell. Things are pretty quiet on the main roads and freeways so far today. We've got traffic volumes just building out there and mostly quiet conditions. No accidents anyway reported at this time. 
few scattered construction zones will slow you down from time to time, but I'm not seeing backups yet today. With double the seasoned beef and a large drink, Taco Bell's earth-shaking nachos deserve a name with some oomph, something grand. Ah, grande. It's Taco Bell's Grande Nachos at a participating U.S. Taco Bell location near you for a limited time. Drinks exclude freezes. Double the seasoned beef claim is compared to the Nachos Bell Grande. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. There's a fine line between intensity and insanity. We don't know which side this show is on. This is Morning Juice. Your Doppler 10 forecast, mostly sunny today. Another nice, comfortable day, high of 82. Man, what a week it has been here. Tomorrow, the humidity returns and we'll have some afternoon showers and thunderstorms. Could even have some uh, damaging winds. The high goes up to 87. As for Fort Lauderdale, uh, Lauderdale, where Bobby is, uh, some possible thunderstorms this morning, about a 50% chance. But then you should be good for this afternoon, Bob, the high 83. And I don't know how sunny it's going to be, but at least you'll be dry this afternoon. Yeah, I don't need sun as long as it's not going to be raining. It's supposed to be nice on uh, Friday and Saturday. So it's like, you know what, we'll... Or, yeah, today is Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Friday and Saturday. So, nice the rest of the day, and we'll get Friday and Saturday, and then we'll be good to go, man. That'll, uh, it'll be a good little feeling for everybody to get it, get it rolling a little bit. It was interesting, Shark, as we get into the NBA here. We're sitting here doing the, the introduction, the Buckeye Spectacular. Everybody runs out, put your jerseys on, and Justin's what cleaned over to me. He goes, man, it's been 14 years, and people are still cheering for us as we run up here. I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> You know, it's like it's once a year now you get to put the jersey on and they cheer for you when you yeah. run up. I go, it feels pretty good. And so Scooney's up there, and there he's in his phone the whole time, and him and uh, Keith Byers, you know, they keep uh, keep giving each other updates on the Hawks game because I'm like, dude, the Hawks? I'm like, he's dude, they're down three. I'm like, they were down like 20. I, go, I was watching it earlier before I came down here, and he's like, oh, yeah, it's Trey Young. Tightened it up. Scooney goes, worst thing in the NBA, you get down 20 because everybody relaxes. Coaches yell at the guys, don't relax. Doesn't matter. They almost always come back. And stinking Trey Young last night and those guys, they came back and I'll be damned if they didn't find a way to win that game last night, Shark, which was absolutely unbelievable. And they're strangling and control of that series now. I saw this morning on Sports Center no team had blown at least let me think what this was. No team had blown at least an eighteen point lead in back-to-back losses in the past 25 years in the NBA playoffs until the 76ers. Because on Monday, if you remember in Game 4, they had lost, uh, or they had a like a 60-42 to 42 lead late in the first half, but the Hawks rallied to win that one 103-100. to 100. So that evened the series at 2-all. And then, um, that well, that game was in Atlanta. So, okay, that's not the end of the world yeah, you lose on the road. But la- last night's game was in Philly, and the Sixers mm-hmm. led by 14 at the end of the first quarter, 22 points at halftime. It was a 26-point lead with eight and a half minutes left in the third quarter. That's um, what I that's what I hit eject right there. Like, yeah. 26 points. It's over. We're the third. It's done. And the, you're on the road. It's one thing if you're at home. Right. You're a little momentum. Heck, in that thing like they did in four. On the road, down by 25-plus, like, in the third, we're done, man. I, I thought it was over. Yeah, and even going to the fourth quarter, Philly led by 18. Um, eight minutes to go in the game, the Sixers led by 15, 95-80. But Atlanta storms back, finishes the game on a 29-11 to run, outscores Philadelphia 40-19 to in the fourth quarter. 
and uh, somehow they win the game 109-106. So Atlanta takes a three games to two lead in the series. Trey Young, 39 points. For the Sixers, Joel Embiid and Seth Curry combined for 73 points, 25 of 39 shooting for those two guys. But the rest of the team goes 10 for 36 with 33 points. Just uh, amazing. And Ben Simmons missed 10 of his 14 free throws. And uh, can't shoot shark. It was like a... It was like a you know hack a shack night, except they were hacking Ben Simmons and and uh, Doc Rivers had to take him out at times because he kept missing free throws. Oh um, yeah! But now Bob, we're we're one loss away from the number one seed in the East uh, being eliminated. Yeah, and one seed, one loss away from the number one seed in the West yep. being eliminated. And that's you know Philly, I thought was the one team that could maybe maybe challenge the Nets just because they've got Embiid and he's so physical and he said he'd be a tough matchup for any of them to stop and then i'm like all right you've got simmons who can't really shoot being attack and he could maybe at least he's a good defender a really good defender maybe he can help slow down durant somewhat and think, okay maybe they could get it done they're kind of maturing and coming into their own uh but they're i don't know if they're gonna be able to get past trey young and like scooting goes it's perfect because this nba is built for him like this is who he has become and he's a great villain he loves it you know plays really hard and he's uh, inspired that team down there in Atlanta. They're doing some great stuff. And then out west, a Kawhi-less, yes, a, a Kawhi-less Clippers beat the Jazz on the Jazz's home floor as well, which is a crazy. I, I'd like okay. Utah went up two zero at home. They, at home, there's you know obviously Clippers stormed back went two, but they they're worried that Kawhi tore his ACL and I'm thinking okay this thing's over it's not like he's going to be coming back if you think that's the worry he's definitely not going to be playing in game five and same thing man now I know I know Mike Conley's been out for the Jazz so that's that's real that's a real issue for them but my goodness like that's insanity the fact that that's where they are well and and Paul George hasn't always stepped up in these situations but he had to come up big yesterday playoff Paul Playoff Paul, yeah. Well, he comes up big without Kawhi last night, 37 points, 16 rebounds, 5 assists. But, uh, yeah, without Kawhi, I I'm not sure anybody would have predicted that uh, the Clippers no. would win in Salt Lake City. That's crazy. I heard Stephen A. Smith saying uh, Donovan Mitchell was the best jazz player of all time. I'm like, whoa. Whoa. Let's pump the brakes on that. Not Malone, not John Stockton. Uh. <laughs> I mean... Even a Darren Williams out there and Carlos Boozer for a while, like they, dude, you got to you got to win this playoff series. You're the one seed, and they didn't. If they would add Kawhi, okay, that's one thing. You're losing at home to a Kawhi-less Clippers team. Like, let's get it done. Coming up tonight, we have uh, the Nets and Bucks. Game six of that series in Milwaukee. Brooklyn leads three games to two. So. Obviously, the Bucks need a win tonight to stay alive. It is literally a, a must-win. Must-win. Yes. Um, if you're down three games to none, it's uh, or let's say, yeah, three games to forget it. I was going to say there are sometimes when it's a crucial win and people call it a must-win, but until you are down uh, three losses, then it becomes a must-win. Oh yeah, you know what I meant to one, say there. Being down two-one <laughs> is a must-win, and like. I understand because only one team shark in NBA history has come back in the finals. Oh, tell me, tell me about it, Bob. What yeah, happened? I'm, I know it was a great day for you, Shark. It was when June nineteenth. Pe- we're we're going to get to that date oh, in history God, that on date Saturday. In history? Unfortunately, oh, I'll put, you know what, Shark. I'll make sure I mention that either tomorrow or Monday, so you can celebrate. Thank you. Appreciate that. It's a day I'll never. 
forget. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, the Bucks need to win to stay alive. It is a Thursday, and that means we check in with Rick Riker to pick our players of the week. Their dealing is next on Morning Juice here on the Fan from the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hi, Panera. We do have the railroad crossings still working properly on Roberts Road at Dublin Road. It's affecting both the directions of traffic there, so plan for delays or avoid the area. At Panera, dinner is hot and ready to serve. Grab the creamy mac and cheese and a bread bowl, the classic bacon turkey bravo sandwich, or try the new Chipotle chicken and bacon flatbread. Order for dinner tonight with delivery or pickup. Availability and pricing may vary. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, The Fan Traffic. Get up, then get fired up. This is good. Get your hip flexors going, inner thigh, everything. This is Morning Juice. Mark the Shark and Bobby Carpenter on Morning Juice, which is brought to you by Raising Cane's. Rick Reichert standing by on the hotline, so let's do this. Morning Juice presents their dealing. Sponsored by Reichert. Good morning, Rick. Tell us, uh, tell us about your bike ride through. I guess it was the Smoky Mountains last week. Is that where you were? Yeah, they were called the Smoky Mountains. I, the last time I was there, this time they were called the Wet Mountains, mm. and it was about the dampest motorcycle ride I've ever had in my life. I'm still kind of drying off, but kind of like the old fishing thing. Even the worst day fishing is you know better than some of the best days at work. So we still had a good time. Had a couple day meeting in Nashville. Nice to be in an in-person meeting again and, and another city amongst peers that you get to see face-to-face and talk about, you know, everything you've done from a business standpoint over the past year and a half and trying to keep things going and then riding this wave of the markets and everything. So it's good to be together with some with, with some peers. But, yeah, we wanted to take four days and come home a nice long route through the curviest roads in the Smoky Mountains and ended up being more freeways and straight roads because, man, it downboard. Mm. It was nasty for four days, so. Yeah, it, it's nice to see people face-to-face when uh, you can actually see their face and don't have a mask on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I, I am liking the return to reality. And yes. you know what? I think that's what, one of the things I was thinking about this past week. As I've been traveling, I'm, I'm going around to different states, and you still have different policies happening in different states, but just how everyone's adapting and how as people are getting back to normal, man, people are being nicer than ever. And there are so many good-hearted people out there finding things to do to, you know, causes, um, nonprofits, organizations out there putting on events to really just, hey, let, let's get back to the good things in life and helping others and really reaching out for others. And there's been a whole lot of good, positive things happening. And I'm just loving to see that. I mean, that sounds crazy, but that's what my third deal and player of the week was. There are all the people out there that are finally taking masks off and getting back out there and engaging their communities and doing some good things, man. Like everything, what you guys are doing with Cardiel Jones for the Buckeye Cruise for Cancer, that's phenomenal. I get to be a part of that. Um, doing a thing with Justin Fields for a football camp in July in Pickerington. And just, you know, everybody's putting things together and loving to work together and our community's growing again. And that's really cool right now. Yeah, that is uh, that is some great stuff right there, Rick. Is, uh, you know, 100%. Um, 100% agree. Getting back to normal, we're down here. My uh, the players, that we've got everybody coming down uh, for the Buckeye Cruise. It's down here. It's in Fort Lauderdale, raising a ton of money uh, for the James Cancer Hospital, Urban and Shelley Meyer Foundation. Uh, Schlegs drove up from drove up from uh, drove down from Jacksonville last night. 
through rain for five hours to get here. A ton of players made it. We'll get into all that later. But uh, they're deal, dealing players of the week. Chris and Lisa, uh, Chris Quinn, Lisa Cisco put it on. Did a great job last night. Found a way to persevere through everything else that's happened. It's been delayed a couple of months. So great to see them. And then also... We got a uh, Buckeye making the Olympic team more probable than not. Uh, Hunter Armstrong finishing second in the U.S. Olympic time trials in the hundred back is a, that'll be a come official here soon, but most likely going to be on the Olympic team. And then Allison Schmidt making her fourth Olympic swimming team, which is absolutely crazy town when you start thinking about how long she's been doing this and fi- squeezing in last night. Uh, I believe with a second or third place finish. I think it was a second-place finish, and being able to qualify for her fourth Olympics, unbelievable. I love the Summer Olympics. I love the track. I love the swimming. I love the gymnastics, all the stuff that goes into that. We're going to get to see that soon. Those are my, they're dealing players of the week. Shark, what you got for us? Nice. I'm going to go with not a player of the week, but a they're dealing team of the week, the Cincinnati Reds. They won again last night against Milwaukee. For the second straight night, they beat the Brewers 2-1. to one. They sweep the three-game series after sweeping the Rockies. So, uh, six-game winning streak, and the Reds have outscored their opponents 41-14 to 14 during the streak. And I should also add that Cincinnati, on May 29th, less than three weeks ago, was 22-28. and 28. Since then, they've gone 13-3 and three and don't look now, but the Reds are in third place, just two games behind the Cubs and Brewers who are tied for first. So the Cincinnati Red Legs are my their dealing team of the week. Rick, what's uh, what's going on in your world this weekend? Uh, you know, let me think here. <laughs> it is a big time. <laughs> I have to look at my calendar real quick. Uh, you know, we've got a little car show going on Saturday morning. I'll be ho- I'll be rolling down to Groveport uh, to our uh, Rabbit Customs building at 8 a.m. We've got a rise and shine. The weather looks good. We'll be bringing some cool cars out and then I'm going to drive out and join the guys at Columbus Cars and Coffee. They've got an event out at Cherry Valley Hotel out in Licking County. So we're going to take some of the faster sports cars we have and uh, drive out there and uh, see if we can't uh, help entertain some of our automotive enthusiasts in central Ohio. So a lot of cool lifestyle stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, buddy. We will uh, talk again next Thursday. You know it. You guys have a great weekend. That is Rick Reichert, who joins us every week at this time, right here on The Fan. Pitchers around baseball are blasting Rob Manfred. It's part of our quick hitters, and that's next on Morning Juice here on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Good morning. This report is sponsored by Taco Bell. Things are pretty quiet on the main roads and freeways. I'm not seeing any accidents at this time. We do have a railroad crossing issue, though, on Roberts Road. It's affecting both east and westbound travel right at Dublin Road. So watch for some delays there. With double the seasoned beef and a large drink, Taco Bell's earth-shaking nachos deserve a name with some um, something grand. Ah, grande. It's Taco Bell's Grande Nachos. At a participating U.S. Taco Bell location near you, for a limited time, drinks exclude freezes, double the seasoned beef claim as compared to the Nachos Bel Grande. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, The Fan Traffic. Fan. There's no better way to start your morning. Well, there's one way, but Beamer isn't legally allowed to do that anymore. You're listening to Morning Juice. Shark, Carp, and Bodie on Morning Juice here until 9 o'clock. I am in the Buckeye studio at the Fan looking at Bodie, who is uh, 
15 feet away from me on the other side of that window. Bobby broadcast through the magic of radio. Bobby is broadcasting today from a hotel conference room in Fort Lauderdale. Morning Juice presents Quick Hitters. Good morning, Bodilicious. Good morning, guys. There has been a whole lot of talk about Major League Baseball cracking down on pitchers using sticky st- substances to get a better grip on the ball. And White Sox pitcher Carlos Rodon did not hold back his feelings toward Commissioner Rob, Ma- Rob Manfred about the situation, saying, quote, It's hard to see this when you're giving out 10-game suspensions for cheating, but you give the Astros no suspensions at all. Ooh. So <laughs> if Manfred can look at himself in the mirror and say, Hey, I'm doing the right thing, that's fine. You can't suspend the team you actually knew was cheating during a playoff game, that's on you. Shark, I know you're more of a purist when it comes to this type of stuff, but I do think Rodon has kind of a good point here. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, These pitchers have been outed by Major League Baseball for using the sticky stuff, and they have no guilt. They're not even... They're not even shy about admitting they've been using it. The other day we had Tyler Glass now of the uh, Tampa Bay Rays blaming MLB for issuing a cease and desist order saying his torn ligament in his elbow came because he had to stop using his... Well, he was using a concoction of uh, rosin and sunscreen uh, on the ball. And now, yeah, Rodon is bad-mouthing the commissioner for inconsistencies in the in the punishment. But um, Rob, Rod Man- Rob Manfred is uh, quickly becoming the Mark Emmert of baseball. <laughs> Serves up no punishment to the Astros for cheating their way to a World Series title, but he suspends pitchers for using sticky stuff. And I think the big problem is that the... I think the biggest problem, Bob, is that the change came smack dab in the middle of the season and didn't give pitchers a chance to adjust their, their grips or deliveries. Oh, yeah. You're trying to have guys alter stuff before spring training, before anything like anything else. Like I say before, or I mean after spring training. Not in the middle of the year. And so, here's the thing, man. The reason why they're doing this is because nobody was scoring any runs. And right. people started saying, hey, these no-hitters even count anymore? I mean, we're five no-hitters, and it's like June 1st or June 10th or whatever it was, or 6th. Like, it, we're on pace for a ridiculous number of them, and nobody wants to see baseball games where it's 2-1. to one. Whatever happened to chicks dig the long ball? Just put a needle in your rear, pop down some andro, and let's start bombing away again. And so, that's, what, that's my problem with Major League Baseball is they only go after things that become really blatantly obvious or stuff that's like hurting the quality of their game. They don't really care about the integrity, Shark, so that's why you need to come down off of your high horse as well. Rod Manford doesn't care, and I'm going to call him Rod with the D because he hasn't earned the B. I mean, that's, that's really where we're at. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, the fact that you do this midseason, and everybody, all the pitchers were doing, it wasn't like it was you know, a handful of guys. All of these guys used something. Heck, they joked about it in Major League. What was that, 30-some years ago? I'm throwing everything I got at him, Skipper. And, like, you look at his hat. It's like, I mean, <laughs> it's the shine on it like the sun. I mean, my goodness. And so they've always joked around about these substances. And now these dudes are basically using super glue to be able to just throw wicked spin rates on the ball. But you know what? It, it is what it is. Like, I'm not even going to be mad about it. And then you've got the Astros stealing pitcher signs. Like, you know what? If I was a pitcher, why am I not a protected class in baseball? You let guys juice for all this time? You know, you let them steal signs? I mean, just because you want more offense, don't put it on my lap. Wow. <laughs> Bob, it's all called cheating. Cheating. That's what It's it only cheating if it's against the rules and if you're enforcing those rules, and they haven't been. Okay, they are now. 
They are now. <laughs> okay, Shark, you tell, you tell your 16-year-old. And you, imagine when your, your kids are at the house, they're 16 years old, and they've been allowed to eat cereal in the living room their entire time. It's always been against the rules, but she never said anything. And one day you come downstairs and ground one of them for a year because they're eating cereal in the living room, even though you've been letting it go for a long time. How do you think that conversation is going to go? I, I don't... What kind of an analogy is that, uh, Bodie Go? Okay, the U.S. of A. will be going for their four straight gold medal in men's basketball at this summer's Olympics in Tokyo. And the roster is off to a pretty strong start. Jason Tatum, Dame Lillard, and Draymond Green have all already committed to playing in the games, which begins next month on July 23rd. We'll have to see which other stars maybe join the team, maybe some guys that are on playoff teams right now. But, Bobby, those three guys at least gets the U.S.A. off to a good start there. Kawhi Leonard and his potentially torn... ACL, Bodie not mentioned in that list you threw he out was there. Not. Um, so that's rough. But if you look around, I mean, my goodness, the NBA, the first team where they have two foreign players in there with uh, uh, Doncic and, Doncic and, and, and uh, Giannis. Giannis. Yeah. I mean, they, there's dudes all over the place. Maybe three. Even Jokic, right? Jokic. That's yes. what I was say. Jokic was the MVP. I mean, so three of the five or foreign players. This is, it's a very international game. I'm glad to see the day that these guys are stepping up. They're going to need a lot of guys. And, and here's what's tough is the playoffs were pushed back so far. I mean, the deeper run you make, I don't know how much gas these guys are going to have to try to squeeze in Olympics. I don't blame them. I mean, I, in my opinion, I, I played a sport where I could never play in the Olympics because football's not there. I could think of no greater honor for a civilian than representing your country in the Olympics in the sport that you've worked at your entire life. However, saying that, these guys have been through a crazy, crazy compressed season the last two years, and they're going to be playing again here soon coming up in the fall. So it, it's a lot to ask of them. I'm glad that those guys will do it. They have my appreciation. Hopefully they can go win a gold medal. Uh, and you can sit there and hear the Star Spangled Banner shark when they put the gold medal around your neck and oh, you're at the top of the podium. Yeah, goosebump city there. And you're right. Normally the NBA Finals have wrapped up by now or are wrapping up this week. But because of COVID, the 2020 Finals weren't completed until October 11th. And then they went into the new season in late December we still have the rest of the second round, then the conference finals, and then the league finals to go. So the season's not going to end until like the third week of July, and the Olympics start on July 23rd. <laughs> so obviously going to be a lot of uh, American stars who won't go to Tokyo because they, they need a rest. LeBron has already opted out. Uh, Steph Curry hasn't made up his mind yet. So it'll be interesting to see who the uh, 12 guys are that wind up being Team USA. There was about a million different news hits from the NBA yesterday between injuries, COVID protocols, coach firings, and more. One of those came from down in New Orleans where GM David Griffin, Shark, your guy, 2016 NBA champ, made the decision yesterday to fire Stan Van Gundy after just one season as the Pelicans head coach. As of now, there are six NBA coaching vacancies, and given that they have 20-year-old Zion Williamson, Zion Williamson on the roster, Shark, I think you could actually argue that the Pelicans' job might be number one or two on that list of six. Oh, gosh, I don't know. You know, I talked about the coaching carousel in the NBA the other day, guys who get fired from one head coaching job and and just move on to the next job. Stan Van Gundy is one of those guys. Eight years with the Heat, five with the Magic, four seasons with the Pistons, now just one year with New Orleans, which is ridiculous, by the way. I don't know how any front office could do a a coaching search, evaluate the candidates, conduct interviews, and be sold on one person, and then eight months later, fire him. I, I, I really think this pink slip isn't an indictment on Van Gundy. It's a huge black eye for the Pelicans' front office, namely David Griffin. Yeah, that's what GMs, 
they go into self-preservation mode, Sharks. So they try to pass the buck and say, hey, it's not the players I gave the coach. It's the coach. Look at these great guys that we have. In reality, I mean, trying to coach a young team like the Pelicans right now with everything that's going on, you're going to fire after one year. And I've said this a million times over the last week, Shark. You identify the characteristics and traits you want as a head coach. You find the person that meets those qualifications, just like any job. You hire them, you let them do their job, and see how well they do it. I don't think you could fairly evaluate Stan Van Gundy, whether you think he should have the job or not, over the last eight months based upon what he's had to overcome and how you're trying to build a team through quarantine and all this other nonsense. All right, thank you, Bodie. Uh, New Tennessee State football coach Eddie George has named his coaching staff, and yes, there is a bit of Ohio State flavor in there. It's part of our re-rack. That's up next on Morning Juice here on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Sponsored by Taco Bell. The roads are in pretty good shape. I'm not seeing any accidents on the main roads and freeways. We do have a gate malfunction at the railroad crossing on Roberts Road at Dublin Road. So watch for delays there. With double the seasoned beef and a large drink, Taco Bell's earth-shaking nachos deserve a name with some oomph. Something grand. Ah, grande. It's Taco Bell's grande nachos at a participating U.S. Taco Bell location near you for a limited time. Drinks exclude freezes. Double the seasoned beef claim is compared to the nachos about grande. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, the fan traffic. Live, local, loud, very loud. This is Morning Juice. Hour number two of Morning Juice. You know, there are a lot of haters out there on social media, as we all know. Uh, the whole Vax a Million campaign has caused cries of uh, discrimination and uh, some jealousy and I, i'm not, i'm not going to go there i'm uh, i'm a gracious loser i'd like to say that i haven't won in the first four jealousy drawings. wait there's people that are complaining that they're not winning i mean is that, that's like complaining about not winning the lottery i think it's um because i can't win i don't want you to win or something like that but uh you know we have one more to go and uh, I haven't won yet. I'm going to take it like a man, Bob, and say congratulations to Suzanne Ward and Sean Horning. Suzanne from Finley. She wins a million dollars in last night's drawing. Flag Sean, City. Sean is, uh, what'd you say? Flag City? Yeah. Finley? Flag City, USA. Finley, Ohio, Shark. Oh, man. You learn, learn, about, your, learn you, about your state. You teach me something every day on this show, Bob. It it shouldn't be called morning juice. It should be morning education with, <laughs> with Robert Carpenter. Uh, Sean Horning, a 17-year-old student from Cincinnati, Colerain High School. He wins a four-year scholarship. By the way, this week's drawing, uh, and, and Bodie and I wonder why we don't win. Uh, let me see here. 3,428,514 adult entries for the $1 million but just 150,187 Ohioans ages 12 to 17 who got vaccinated and signed up for a chance to win the college scholarship. And as I said, one more week to go. I still have so hope. You said Sean Horning was is who won it? Yeah. From Colerain? Yeah. Okay, Shark, here's another little trivia question for you. What current Ohio State coach is a native of Colerain, Ohio? <sighs> Hush falls over the crowd. Yeah, I'm trying to think here who that might be. Let's go with uh, Coach Stud. 
Come on. I don't know, Bob. Harry Combs. He was born Oh, yes, there. yes, he yes. He won a national championship there. Head Give coach. me some juice. I'm sorry. Yes, that was a, yeah, I should have. Uh, and this show's basically named after him, for heaven's sake. <laughs> That's right. Let's do this. Keeping you informed about what's trending this morning, it's time for a little re-rack on Morning Juice. Sponsored by Billiards Plus, the best selection of pool tables and the best service in Central Ohio. I don't know if you saw this, Bob, because uh, you're on vacation right now, kind of a uh, pseudo-vacation, but uh, the OHSAA yesterday announced that for the next three years, the high school football championship game is going to be played at the Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton, Ohio State, and the combination of Canton and Maslin had uh, hosted all of those games at various times over the past 30 years. But for the 2021, 22, and 23 seasons, the seven high school title games will be played right outside the Pro Football Hall of Fame at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. And I'm not going to make a big deal out of this. I've always thought that Columbus, and not just because I live here, but I've always thought Columbus should host high school championships, whether it's football, basketball, uh, cross country, you name it. It is the state capital. It's right here in the middle of the state. Great facilities everywhere. I mean, what high school kid in Ohio wouldn't want to play for a state title at the Horseshoe? Okay, Shark. You checked a lot of the boxes there. Like, why should Ohio, why should they be in Columbus? Why should they be at Ohio State? Um, like you said, state capital, center of the state, mm-hmm. great facilities. Box check, box check, box check, and not to besmirch. You know, up there at Canton in the Hall of Fame Stadium. It's great. It's, listen, it's the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's the home of pro football, birthplace of pro football. And it's a fine facility that they're putting in. I mean, they've continued to update and renovate that thing. I drove by it a couple weeks ago, and it looks tremendous. The hotel they're putting in, I mean, what they've done with the fields around it, it's awesome. But I've always thought for, I don't care whether it's track, baseball, football, swimming, um, Soccer, and, and pick your sport. Anything. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Wrestling. Most people in the state of Ohio, and this is my, this, I sat here and told, a uh, pitched this on Tuesday to a recruit, and I've talked to a number of people about that. There's about 11 million people in the state of Ohio, Shark. It's the seventh largest state in the country. Yep. Population-wise, yep. Population-wise. I'm like, I'm venturing to guess that about 10 million of those people care about Ohio State a lot. That's just anecdotal evidence. Maybe it's a little high. We'll say nine million, eight and a half, nine million, just to be safe. Those people that grow up doing that, they care about Ohio State in whatever sport they play. Their dream is probably ultimately to play at Ohio Stadium or play or, or swim at the natatorium or play over the, you know the baseball field, the shot or whatever it might be. You pick it, the Jesse Owens track, like all this stuff. And so I think they should all be hosted there. Now, they get a little sideways with Ohio State because I think they demand a fortune when it comes to how much it costs to be able to open up some of those facilities. And I get it. They're expensive to open up. But for kids that can't ultimately go to Ohio State and play whatever sport they've chosen, but they're good enough to play in a state championship or a Final Four, they should be able to do that at the facilities in Columbus, Ohio, on Ohio State's campus. That should be ultimately your reward. And so I sit here and listen to this and thinking, my goodness, like that sounds that 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 that's what you should want. Like that's what those kids dream about. Not that to take anything away from Canton, but you know, it, it, there's high school teams that play up there. Like this is this is where 
Ohio State plays, and I think all the sports should be in the same situation with that, and they've got to figure out, as much as I'll besmirch the OHSAA for how they run things and how it's it's ridiculous and how everyone gets in the playoffs now and oh. it's complete for football and it's completely nonsense that they've done it like that and it's complete revenue grab and it's blatantly obvious and it's just utterly disappointing to see. I do think that they should be able to host everything in Columbus because of that reason that I mentioned earlier. You know, I you just mentioned it that it's a participation trophy now. Everybody gets in. Matty Andrews, who is our you know voice of high school football in the fall here on the fan. He told me the other day that 70% of coaches in Ohio, um, I don't know, of the ones that were polled anyway, uh, want it limited to 16 teams in each region. Of course. It's it's already, you know, because who wants to go, you know, one in nine and make the playoffs? Why are you rewarded to get get annihilated? You're going to get blasted. There's already blowouts that sometimes between the one and the eight seed. Like, you're going to talk about teams just getting destroyed. And also, it used to mean something. Like, you used to go to the playoffs, like, your state playoff shirt, like, you feel good about it. You wore it there. Like, hey, that was an accomplishment. Maybe I didn't get to win our division or win our league or whatever it was, but we made the state playoffs. Yeah. Like, that's fantastic. We went from four, which is four is probably a little tight. And then all of a sudden, you get to eight, and you feel okay. Like, it's a pretty good number. Pretty good number. It's, you know, half, maybe a little less than half. Make it in, and then all of a sudden now it's like, hey, everybody, we'll just let everyone in. I mean, you're just going to see slaughterhouse all over the place. Why? Because we can sell more tickets, allegedly. We'll see if people actually go to those games outside of the parents. Like, oh, Shark, you get me on that. You no, get me off I know. Up, coach. It is It is brutal. It, uh, it's a bad decision. Like you said, it's all for it's the almighty decision. dollar. That's all that was. It's just to make some more money. Uh, Eddie George, former Ohio State running back, of course, Heisman Trophy winner, was named the new Tennessee State football coach over the winter. Yesterday, Eddie officially announced his staff, although we already knew that Hugh Jackson was going to be the offensive coordinator and Brandon Fisher, the defensive coordinator. Brandon's the son of Jeff Fisher, who, uh, of course, was Eddie's coach with the Houston Oilers and Tennessee Titans. And, uh, well, I'm not going to run down this entire staff, but I will tell you, that former Cleveland Browns offensive line coach Mark Hudson will get that same job at Tennessee State. Former Ohio State defensive back Richard McNutt is going to coach DBs there. Nice. And uh, Bobby, another Buckeye, Pappy Pearson, will be the running backs coach for Eddie. Who used to be, I believe he was at ODU for a number of years, correct? I think, yeah, I thought I read where he was there maybe the last seven years, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think he, I think Pepe Pearson's been down at Ohio Dominican for a number of years. Went over there when Bill Conley got the job, and uh, just been on staff even after Bill left. So, uh, fantastic there. Eddie adding a little Buckeye flavor. You mentioned teammate of mine, Rich McNutt, who, really good player. And I can't even imagine, like, they basically had to tell him he couldn't play anymore. In 2002, he was a junior going to be starting on what eventually would be the national championship team and really good player out of Chicago. And his ankle shark was so bad that he had to take anti-inflammatories all the time. Like, he wouldn't even tell the trainers he was doing it. And, you know, they talked to him. He's just taking a ton of ibuprofen, like, to work out, to run, to do anything because his ankle was so bad. But he loved to play football. And... Ultimately, they had to sit down like, if you keep doing this, you will destroy your organs inside of your body, Rich. Like, And we know if you don't take it, you cannot play because we've watched you limp around because it hurts so bad. So, I mean, people talk about what's a medical redshirt. That's what a medical redshirt ultimately becomes when 
your body has given up on you. And heck, he was 21, probably 22. And then we win the national championship and he was still around. And, you know, we still consider you know, he's part of the team. But may I, I feel for him for having that, you know, be pulled out from under him as he's going to be the starter and, you know, ultimately end the team that won a Big Ten and national championship. And, he got into coaching afterwards. He's done a good job, man. He's a great communicator. He does a really good job with kids. So I'm, I'm really happy to see Eddie bringing Rich in down there to Tennessee State. Absolutely. If you missed it last night in the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Canadians went into Las Vegas and beat the Golden Knights three to two. So that semifinal series is even at a game of, or I should, yeah, a game of peace. And, uh, a couple of former Blue Jackets teammates trying to win a cup for those yeah. teams. Josh Anderson for Montreal, William Carlson for Vegas. You know, I'm not sure how to feel about this, Shark, because like the Golden Knights was a great story at the beginning, but then I just begrudged them how easy the NHL made it on them on the expansion side when the Jackets have just been like laboring in obscurity for two decades to finally get something cooking here over the last five years. And you know, with the Vegas, like, hey, uh, here you go. Here's a bunch of good players. Uh, let's just let it roll and see what happens, and it'll be easy money for you. So uh, it's um, it's unbelievable with that. But then I'm I'm torn with that shark because I know your wife really loves the French Canadians so much over <laughs> yeah. in Montreal. Yes, and I love watching the fact that this is a sport that was created in Canada. It's Lord Stanley's Cup of Canada, mm-hmm. and yet you can't get a Canadian team into the Stanley Cup Finals to even have a shot at winning one, which no one has won one in, what, like 20 years? So I enjoy watching the Canadians get salty and get sad on the other side, and especially like for a team like Vegas who has zero hockey history, Shark, you know it's only going to frustrate them even more if that's the case. Yeah, I was a little salty in year one when they were an expansion team and went all the way, but uh, I've uh, I've gotten past that. I, I think it's a great story, and I can't root for Montreal, so I am rooting for uh, Wild Bill and... And the Golden Knights down there. Day two of Brown's minicamp was yesterday in Berea. When we return, we will hear from Jadavion Clowney and Baker Mayfield. You're listening to Morning Juice on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Good morning. This report is sponsored by the Ohio State Wexner Medical Center. Traffic is slowing on I-70 westbound between Miller Kelton and the 71 East split. That's a pretty typical slow spot. We do have a gate malfunction at the railroad crossing, though, at Roberts Road at Dublin Road. That's affecting both east and westbound travel. The Heart and Vascular Center at the Ohio State Wexner Medical Center is leading the way in the fight against heart and vascular disease. Trust your heart to Ohio State, home to Columbus's only heart hospital, ranked best by U.S. News and World Reports. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, The Fan Traffic. Big dudes, bigger opinions. This is Morning Juice. Mark the Shark here in Columbus. Bobby Carpenter broadcasting today from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. You know, uh, ESPN is out with its list of SB nominations for the the various categories. I picked out one of those categories for our uh, Reichert Hyundai Daily Fan Poll. I stole it. I cheated. Who would you vote for as best team over the past year? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Baylor Bears, of course, NCAA uh, basketball champs, the Alabama Crimson Tide, who won the college football playoff over the Buckeyes, or the World Series champion Dodgers. You can vote now at 971thefan.com. You got a, a pick there, Bob? Um, best team. 
Let me go Tampa Bay. All right. I'm glad we could disagree on this. Who are you going to go with, the I, Dodgers? No, I'm going to go with Bama. I, I thought that Bama was the most dominant team in their particular oh. sport. Um, I, I guess yeah. maybe Tampa was maybe the most surprising. Yeah. Maybe not. Because I think people thought that despite how good Tom was, like they were just going to get rolled by Mahomes. They ended up winning that game by two scores. So, oh gosh, they three. won like thir- what was it, thirty-one to seven? Yeah, I mean it, it was a pretty like good beatdown. Yeah. But so also was the Baylor final. Yes, and then so was Ohio State. Like Bam, I mean those three games, you could say they played teams that you thought were pretty good, and they just took care of business. Like, and were clearly the better team that day. Yeah, I, uh, I, I. I didn't vote, but if I did, I would uh, put a vote in there for the Crimson Tide. In Berea, the full Browns roster on hand for day two of their mini camp. The offense, pretty much the same group of guys that were around last year, but the defense has uh, been totally revamped. Six free agents were signed. John Johnson, Jadavion Clowney, Takaris McKinley, Malik Jackson, Anthony Walker, Troy Hill. They all practiced together for the first time yesterday, which means that Clowney got an opportunity to play on the line with Miles Garrett, who he says is pretty close to being his athletic equal. It's funny. I haven't ran into many guys like that in the National <laughs> Football League yet. Took me eight years to get here and find another one like that, on defense anyways. Uh, but it's great. I just know he's going to go out there and do his thing, knowing what type of guy I'm looking at. I know he's going to ball and going to do his thing, so... I'm excited about that. Yeah, you know, Jadavion is going to help Miles, and Miles is going to help Jadavion this season, Bob. Well, here's the thing. When you're a defensive end and you're the number one overall pick, and now the Browns have two of those guys, I mean, you're going to be pretty darn athletic. You're going to be pretty physically gifted, and everything's going to be fantastic. And so what's amazing is to see that with those guys. You know, they're going to both benefit from each other. This might be Jadavion Clowney's most productive season from a pass rush standpoint. He's going to have a lot of single teams. They're not going to be chipping him with tight ends. They're not going to be hanging, you know, backs over there by him. Like it, it'll be a situation where he should be highly productive. And you, you'll be able to see as good as he can be, as productive as he can be, should he stay healthy. You'll have that this year. And ultimately that'll help Miles Garrett too. You know, you like to make sure they can get the interior of the pass rush going. You're not being able to bring back, uh, Sheldon is it Sheldon Richardson that yeah, just resigned? Yes. Yeah, he just resigned up in Minnesota. Yes, where he came from at the beginning. But um, gosh, man, the, the, you have a good defensive line. Just talking to Todd Bowles about this, the coordinator for Tampa. I'm like, you got a good D line, man. It covers up a lot, especially if you get an interior rush and get those guys to uh, they can't step up in the pocket and let your defensive ends go. Like it's there's a lot there, and the Browns have, have really done a good job building this thing uh, front to back and inside and out. Yeah, and if you think about it. Um, Grant Delpit at safety, yeah. uh, cornerback, uh, Greedy Williams Green. didn't he play didn't last play. season because, yeah. because of injuries. They're, they're both back. They both practiced yesterday. And then the top two draft picks are both from the defensive side of the ball. You got cornerback Greg Newsom and, and linebacker Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. So th- Bob, this really is a, well, almost an entire new defense. It's like they're basically getting back. Getting a first round of this year, obviously, and and um, and Newman, the corner they took, um, but then they're also getting back Greedy and Delpit, who were both were they both second round pick shark? Am I saying that correctly? Yes, that's right. I mean, so you're getting like in back to back years, yeah, yeah, and one in like two threes, guys who really haven't played at all due to injury, you know, and Greedy played a little bit, but um, 
I mean, this is going to be an awesome opportunity for a really young secondary to grow. And you bring John Johnson in, who's a, you know, he's a veteran shark. He's had a lot of success. He's a smart guy to help teach those guys. Denzel Ward's a little bit older. Like it's now, so they have a pretty good mix of some younger guys and guys that are kind of hitting their prime. So I'm excited to kind of see what they can do on the back end. Yeah, and you know, I think on paper it looks really good, but you're talking about 11 new guys on defense, and most of them are starters. Um, I guess I would ask you, how long does it take to to you know play together to develop chemistry? Um, it, it's not necessarily new starters like at all levels. It's guys being able to communicate. So the D line can they work together? Does the, does the linebackers understand how they're going to play a little bit? You know, and, and okay, so you feel like that's there. And then do some of the linebackers that have to work with some of the safeties? You know, can they make sure they get everything passed off? And then can the corners and safeties work together? So it's these inner, these intra uh, personal relationships within, or positional relationships within the whole uh, function of the unit. And so I don't necessarily think it's going to be that big of a deal. Offense, there's a lot more continuity that gets involved. It, on the defensive side of the ball, it's like, hey, I've got like two or three guys I've got to deal with. Can I develop a good relationship and so that we're always on the same page, we're always thinking the same thing? And that's really not that hard to do. It doesn't take that much time. If you have guys who are sharp, who care about the game, who are going to invest the time in it, you can get that done in you know, a little bit in OTAs and early on in training camp pretty quickly. And offensively, you think about what Baker Mayfield has been through in his first three seasons in the league. Four head coaches. You had Hugh Jackson, Greg Williams, Freddie Kitchens, and Kevin Stefanski. And four offensive coordinators, Todd Haley, Freddie Kitchens, Todd Monken, and Alex Van Pelt. So uh, Bob Baker uh, finally gets to have the same head coach and offensive coordinator for two straight seasons. Oh, yeah. And a secure offensive line. He's got a stable of running backs. He's got some good receivers coming back and, and one of the best in the league when he's healthy in Odell Beckham Jr. So, offensively, Shark, they're set up, man. Like, they're, they're aligned. Like, this, this is a situation where now you're just, you're just polishing the offensive side of the ball. There's not a ton of, you know, reconstruction that's going to need to happen. That all has happened over the last three years. You finally have some stability for Baker Mayfield. And I guarantee you, that you will see those results. As good as, as good as he's going to be, you'll find out in year four. Not that you won't be able to continue to improve, but this should be a year where you look at him like, okay, this is what he is. Whatever his performance is out there, this is ultimately what he is and what he's going to be. And there was speculation that the Browns would give Baker a, a, a contract extension in the offseason. That didn't happen. I don't happen. think so. Not yet. Not yet. Wait till this season, man. Wait till the, if he's playing great, get it done in the middle of the year. Or you can wait till after the season. I don't think you need to get that done before the year. He uh, obviously is in year four now of the uh, rookie contract. Yesterday, he was asked about not getting a new deal, and he didn't seem too concerned about it. I mean, I'm in no rush because that's. I'm just trying to win games, and like I said, it's uh, it'll it'll handle itself. I'm sure Tom and Jack Mills are, are handling that. Um, you know, I I don't I don't try and feed too much into that because you know that's like wasting my time, and energy, and thought process on. Stuff that I'm not in control of right now, so I'm, I'm going to handle what I can control. Uh, I mean, I've bet on myself my whole life. I, you know, I, I've always taken it one day at a time, one play at a time, and like I said, I'm not going to handle it any differently now. Yeah, and he's saying what he should say. I'm sure he would have loved to have gotten a new, big, long-term contract, but uh, like you say, well, he's only three years in. They picked up his fifth-year option. It's not right. like he's going into the last year of his deal. I mean, they picked up his fifth-year option, which wasn't cheap. 
And so they're going to get it done. They want to see a little bit more. He's had one really good year. His rookie year, he flashed. Then he had a setback year. He's been through a lot of coaches. And I think it's fine. Like, he said, bet on myself. I mean, betting on yourself is going into the last year of your deal without a contract. He still has one more year before that because it, like, it's a four-year deal, but essentially five because they picked up that option now. Right. So he's got another year. And for him... If I'm looking at it like, hey, and I don't think he wants to break the bank because I think he wants to have a good team and realizes I can make a lot of money and still and be on a great team, or I can try to make as much as I possibly can, and that will strip away a lot of the talent around me, which I think he understands he knows he needs to be successful. But if I'm Baker, like I would rather give me a, give me another season with the same coaching staff and the same players, and then I can actually show you how good I really am. And we can base my value more upon that than just a projection. The NFL has updated its COVID protocols and restrictions. We'll go over some of them when we go around the NFL. That's next on Morning Juice here on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Good morning. This report is sponsored by the Ohio State Wexner Medical Center. We still have the gate malfunction at the railroad crossing on Roberts Road at Dublin Road. Expect delays in both directions. Also, traffic is a little heavy on I-70 westbound between Miller-Kelton and the 71 East Split. The experts at the Ohio State Wexner Medical Center Heart and Vascular Center are leading the way in the largest heart rhythm team in the region, treating the most complex forms of AFib and other heart arrhythmias. Trust your care to Columbus's only heart hospital, ranked best by U.S. News and World Report. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, The Fan Traffic. One of these guys voluntarily ripped off his toenail. I don't have anything else to say. You're listening to Morning Juice. Mark the Shark and Bobby Carpenter. On a Thursday edition of Morning Juice, we are brought to you by Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. The fan is teaming up with 10TV for Beat the Heat. Let's make sure Central Ohio's most vulnerable stay cool this summer. Now through August 14th, you can drop off new box fans for donation at any fire station in Franklin, Madison, and Marion counties. For more info, head to 971thefan.com. Bodie, I don't want you taking in that dust-filled dirty bladed fan you have you need to go out and buy a new one help the people out if you are an nfl player and you're not vaccinated you are you're not going to get the same freedoms as those who have been inoculated no question about that the nfl has laid out new protocols for its teams during training camp which starts next month and then of course the preseason And it's not just the league coming down with these restrictions. The NFL Players Association came into an agreement with the league. Unvaccinated players still must be tested every day for COVID and must wear masks at team facilities and during travel. Vaccinated players don't have to be tested and don't have to wear masks. Unvaccinated players can't leave the team hotel or interact with people outside the organization while traveling. Vaccinated players can. Any unvaccinated players found to have broken these rules could be fined $50,000 by the league or their respective teams for a first offense. And uh, players who aren't fully vaccinated must travel on a separate plane. But Bobby, That's I'm awesome. actually uh, I'm actually a little surprised that the union went along with this, but I would think uh, obviously this is a a huge incentive to get, to get jabbed with the needle. 
Yeah, that's uh, it's very, very interesting, man. The separate plane thing is crazy. Like a lot of the other stuff, I understand. Okay, you've got to get tested every day. You've got to do everything you did last year. They're basically saying it's not going to change for you. You're going to have to show up early, get tested in the morning. You can't eat in the team me- team meeting rooms. You've got to wear a mask around the facility. Can't get in the steam room or saunas, like which is crazy town. The fact that they they're saying that, but whatever. It's because they're trying to make it as difficult as possible for some of these guys if they don't want to get vaccinated because it makes everyone's life easier if they do. And so I understand that. Um, And so they're trying to incentivize the behavior that they want uh, by probably punishing you if you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. Um, But the separate plane thing, like, yeah, are they going to put you on a commercial flight? That's what I'm trying to figure (laughs) out. If they're going to put me on a private jet, I wouldn't get vaccinated then. I mean, I'll deal with everything else if you're going to fly me out there now. I have to deal with getting on everybody with everyone else. Or are you going to try to say, "Hey, we have to fly on a separate plane, so we're going to fly you there commercially with other people"? Because that sounds even more ridiculous. Where you're talking about being safe and getting guys ready to play and all this stuff, and then you're going to have them go play somewhere else, or have them fly with someone else, like not even in the group that they're around. How is that any different than going to a bar or a restaurant, Shark? Right. I mean, it's probably worse if you think about it because you're in an enclosed area with recycled air. So I, I don't know, man. That's that's insanity to me. There's going to be guys who don't do it, and I'm curious to see how they're going to work that out. Well, you flew yesterday. Are you still you're still wearing masks, right, on the plane and in uh, airports? They were kind of loose with it, but you were supposed to. You were supposed to have them on at Rickenbacker because it's federal property. Like, listen, federal government that. They're in Washington, big dog. You know, I mean, this is Rickenbacker Airport in the southern part of Columbus. Um, but, yeah, we're supposed to wear them in there. And you're supposed to wear them on planes, too, while you're still flying, which if you're vaccinated, I don't understand what that even means, why that's even a thing, because everything I've heard, if you're vaccinated, shark, you can't spread it. That's what I've been told per the regulations by the CDC. Well, so yeah. explain that to me. I don't know when that You're a scientist is, shark. Uh, yeah, it to I don't you. know. I, I and I don't know when those protocols are going to go away. Never uh, in in terms of on planes and everything. But um, I, I'm guessing on the team plane, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask, right? But well, if on, you're not vaccinated on the team plane, you said you're flying on another. plane. No, I'm saying if you are vaccinated and you're on the team plane, I would think you wouldn't have to wear a mask. But yeah, for those unvaccinated, because you were wondering if they would have to fly commercially, and so yeah, you would still have to. Wear a mask. Now, what about the... Yeah, but um, you'd still be around all those other people. I know. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. They're saying you can't go out to a restaurant, but they're going to put you on a commercial flight? Is I, that really, like, I bet does that make not. any sense? Yeah, I bet they're not. I bet they're going to... And I'll fly private. You can put me on a private jet, dude. That's fine. I'll go take tests every morning. Yeah, but you also... You you talked about some of these other things, about eating meals with teammates and, uh, you know, sauna and steam room and all that yeah. stuff. I Get a steam room at your house, man. These guys make a lot of money. Well, what about the other one that I'm reading here? Only 15 unvaccinated players can work out in the weight room at the same time. Is that a big deal? Well, I would not for me because I would get my butt in. There was never more, any more than ten guys in the weight room when I was in there anyway. So I got in there at like six thirty, six forty-five, and got my workout in. You know, over forty-five minutes before practice, I'd pop in sometimes afterwards. But you know, I was always in there before it started filling up anyway. So it, you know, what that does is it's a pain for the players because they'll probably say you have to get in early in the morning or stay later. 
But if you're an early riser, no big deal. And all it really does is make it harder for guys like our man Anthony Schlegel, who, by the way, is sitting outside on some sort of Zoom call in the lobby right now. Really? Doing some, oh, yeah, doing some sort of work. His earbuds in. He's looking at his computer. I start talking to him. He's like, yeah, he points down. I was impressed that he was awake. Because I keep <laughs> walking out in the hallway, Shark, because it's so darn cold in this room that I'm in. I'm freezing. I, got, I was going to get a coffee. And then I'm like, I don't even need one because I'm going to take a nap after this. I don't even need one because this is back to like, speaking of the NFL, this is how they, this is what they do to you in camp. They, they freeze the rooms down to about 58 degrees. So you couldn't fall asleep even if you tried. You could be so tired, it doesn't matter. Like, they're going to make it cold. There was a time I forgot my sweatshirt, which I have a sweatshirt on right now. I have sandals, but I have a sweatshirt. My feet are freezing, so it's keeping me awake and keeping me juiced up. But I forgot my sweatshirt. I could not even focus on what we were talking about. All I was trying to do was stay warm and not die. Like it was, it was brutal, absolutely brutal. And so, yeah, that's that's some of the stuff that they have to deal with there. That's how the NFL does it. I mean, they they get the results that they want. And my man Schleich is outside right now, just uh, zooming away, living his best life. Can you see him from where you are? I cannot right okay. now. I'm looking at the back of the bar. There's these portholes in the door. I am in the port conference room. It's a not a very big room. It's probably like a 15 by 15 room. There's the starboard, which is a, a little oh, bit bigger. That'd be on the right side. Yeah, it would be. And it is on the right. And it's <laughs> probably twice the size of this. And then you've got these massive ballrooms and all this other stuff. But Schleich's just sitting there, just posted up right in like the little coffee area out there, just Watching whatever he had to do with his earpods in. I'm sure he's um, dominating, but is he caffeinating this? Oh place? yeah, there's a coffee out there for sure. Okay. It's not near as cold in the lobby area as it is in this room. I'm like underneath this vent, just getting smoked by AC. So shark, like, I mean, it, it's like literally having your face out the window, and when it's like 50 degrees and driving 20 miles an hour, like yeah. it is. Uh, it is a robust situation. Well, I the the final line to wrap this up, the final line of this press release put out by the NFL, the league and players association have strongly urged players to get vaccinated, yeah. but they have not made it a requirement. They can't make it a requirement. You know <laughs> why? Because they get their butts sued. Like right. you can't force people. To, you can't force medical uh, procedures upon people. Like that's not how it works in the United States of America. Yeah. People may hate that. You know and. With the, the with the liberties and freedom we have, it also comes with some issues because you can't force people to do something. If you want to do that, Shark, maybe you can start talking to some of your favorite friends, uh, Mr. Lenin, Mr. Stalin, some of those guys. <laughs> Don't forget Putin. Mr. L, well, he's the main dude right now. If you speak out against him, you just up and disappear like... Uh, like Mr. Dufresne, you just <laughs> up and Andy Dufresne up and disappear like a vanish like a fart in the wind. Yeah. So yeah, you want to go to Red China? They'll they'll force you to get vaccinated over there. You want to talk about how it's a communal society and all these things? Hey, America, we value our individual liberties. That's what makes this country great. It also is what causes some problems sometimes. But you're able to do what you want as long as you're not infringing upon the rights of others. So you know what? Ah, popping juice. <laughs> you like that shark? It gets me fired up in the morning. Oh, Bob, you're funny. Yeah, all my buddies, Vladdy and, and Joe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You've got little statues on the, in your yes, house. I, I saw do. them. You took a picture of them. Of course of I them. do. I'm, said my best friends. Uh, I was heartbroken when the Soviet Union broke up. Yeah. Uh, coming up, it's time to get juicy. You're listening to Morning Juice on the Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. This report is sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. Traffic is slow on I-70 westbound through Miller-Kelton. The 71 East split and the railroad crossing gate is malfunctioning. 
Roberts Road at Dublin Roads. Traffic is stopped and go in both directions. Whether it's offering curbside or next day delivery for online orders and up 160 parts, or getting involved in their local communities. When it comes to serving you, Napa's voter never quits. That's Napa Know How. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1 and traffic. Wake up and smell the smelling salts. This is Morning Juice. Shark, carp, and Bodie on Morning Juice, and it's time to get juicy. What's got you juiced? Sponsored by Atlas Butler Plumbing Services. Call today. Get it fixed today. Bobby, you're down there in beautiful South Florida. What has you juiced? Oh, you know what's got me juiced, Shark? A couple different things. Number one, the fact that I'm in Florida. Number two, I get to see some of my great friends down here. I'm excited. I was woke. I woke up this morning. Everything, after a little bit of stress, worked. I'm in a freezing cold room, so I've got tons of juice. I'm going to get some of the buffet. We'll talk about that here in a minute in the next segment about the choices I have for my breakfast options. <laughs> um, but what's got me juiced? Ohio State recruiting. So they've got JT Tuimoalawa today. He's a five-star defensive end prospect out of uh, Washington. I believe Eastside Catholic is the high school that he go to that he attends, and he's on Ohio State's campus right now. He was at USC before. He is going to be a commit for the fall. He's held off his recruiting because he played in the they played in the spring and he hasn't taken any visits. Bama gets the the last bite at the apple. I believe he's going from Columbus down to Tuscaloosa. Uh, but people feel pretty good about you know him potentially committing to Ohio State. He's an elite player, supposed to be you know the Chase Young Bosa line with how good he could potentially be. So it'd be a huge pull if they can get him here. Absolutely tremendous. And then that. And my guy, Kerry Combs, who's a Coleraine native, who Shark didn't know that somehow. <laughs> yeah, I knew he it. He won a I state did. championship down there as a coach. He's won a national championship. All he needs now is a Super Bowl as a coach to complete the trifecta. But I digress. A recruit asked him, what do you coach? How do you coach? His response, Shark, seven first-rounders. Mic drop. Nice. That's all that needs to be said. The guy produces at an incredibly high level. He might be one of the best pieces of recruiting propaganda Ohio State has. He's unbelievable. The guys love him. He does a great job identifying the talent and then also developing those players. It's got me juiced up when I heard that. And someone asked you, what do you do? I make first rounders. That's what I do. It's pretty tough not to come and play for a guy like that. Just with how personable he can be and how much he's going to invest into your future. Shark? With that being said, or Bodie, yeah, go for it, sir. All right, I got a couple things that got me juiced this morning. First off, I saw this on Twitter yesterday. Greg Olson, his son, he's been kind of like posting updates about him probably over the last month or so. Basically, kind of a long story short here, his son was born just like with a bad heart. It's kind of an unfortunate situation, but he was able to get a heart transplant probably about a month ago or so. I think his son's probably like seven, eight, nine. Pretty sad situation, but I did see yesterday Greg put out on Twitter that his son... Uh, was released from like the hospital and whatnot. Did kind of the like ring the bell thing that you'll see people sometimes do when they're released from the hospital from being there for a long time, whether it's like a major surgery or like chemo, kind of like cancer stuff. So that was pretty cool. Got me all sorts of fired up and also uh, cried a little bit when I watched it because it was yeah. pretty sad, pretty emotional, but pretty cool. Greg Olson, long time NFL tight end. I, pretty good dude. I think he's won a Walter uh, Payton Man of the Year award. Maybe I'm, I'm not certain about that, but I know he's been up for it a few times. So pretty good. 
pretty uh, cool dude, and that was uh, cool to see there. What's also got me juiced this morning, so pretty much every night I'm in bed by like 9, try to shut everything off by 9.30 just because I got to get up early here This uh, when I'm on morning juice. I never see the end of games, like ever, because I can't make it that long. And it's been funny how, like, normally my morning routine, alarm goes off, I smash snooze about a thousand times because oh, I'm yeah. so tired. But then I'll check, like, the scores from the previous night, just kind of get caught up on what's happened. And I swear, like, every night, that I go to bed and then wake up the next morning, it's like a total shock to see what happened the previous night with some of these NBA games. Oh, yeah. It was like Monday night, the Hawks came back. Like you, we talked, you guys talked about earlier during the first hour, they came back in that game. Last night, they came back. Tuesday night was the uh, Nets come back against the Bucks and Kevin Durant's big game. Even last night, the uh, Jazz Clippers game, you know, Kawhi's out. You think the Clippers would be out. You guys mentioned it. Playoff P goes off. The Hawks, they, you guys, I, I was disappointed you guys didn't mention Lemon Pepper Lou coming off the bench and scored 15 points and the Hawks win. So it's, yeah, it's always kind of funny just to wake up and some of these games this week has just been kind of crazy waking up and catching on the scores when every night I seem to go to bed and the winning team that was up by 20 some ends up losing. But nonetheless, uh, Shark, let's go with some schlegelism here. Who wants to go live in Tuscaloosa, Alabama? I've been down there. It's delightful but nobody does Columbus, ohio there's opportunity there well some people want to go that's appropriate to today for the yes. recruiting yes it is uh bodie by the way does your db's coach over there in south bend talk about his seven first round draft picks <laughs> i don't think he has them but we're, we'll get there shark right, in about okay. five six seven years okay. here <laughs> well i will uh, tell you what has me juice last night the indians rallied to beat the orioles eight seven for their third straight win to go a season high nine games over 500 jose ramirez a homer in his first uh, at bat in the first inning and then a two-run single in the third but following that single he got into a rundown should have been out between first and second and yet landed on third here's tom hamilton on the Indians radio network. Runners second and third, drive down a run. Ramirez rips a single to right. That'll score Hernandez. Here comes Rosario, throw to the plate, cut off. And for whatever reason, Jose Ramirez tried to go to second. He's in a rundown. Nobody's at second. He runs by everybody. He gets up. He's running to third. He stumbles. He dives in safely. Looked like Little League Baseball out there last night. This is June 17th, and whenever the 17th day of the month rolls around, my mind thinks back to last August 17th when we rolled out episode one of Morning Juice. So that means today, the juice is 10 months old. Happy anniversary to Beamer and Bobby and and even Schlegs. Upsets galore in the NBA and NHL playoffs last night as all three home teams lose. It's part of our re-rack, and that's next on Morning Juice on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. This report is sponsored by Panera. We do have an accident on Highway 31 near Amrine Wood Road. Watch for some slowdowns there. And still traffic a bit slow on I-70 westbound between Miller Kelton and the 71 East split. Looks like they've repaired things at the railroad crossing Roberts Road at Dublin Road. Traffic there is moving well. At Panera, dinner is hot and ready to serve. Grab the creamy mac and cheese and a bread bowl, the classic bacon turkey bravo sandwich, or try the new chipotle chicken and bacon flatbread pizza. Order for dinner tonight with delivery or pickup. Availability and pricing may vary. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, The Fan Traffic. If morning juice were a smell, it would be a combination of Ben Gay and undercarriage. Heavy on the undercarriage. This is Morning Juice. Hour number three of 
morning juice. We're here until 9 o'clock this morning, of course, on the 10th anniversary, 10-month anniversary of Morning Juice. Yeah, that'd be nice if it was the 10-year anniversary. Uh, I, mean, I, I would be retired by now. And you keep saying that, Shark. I'm you're not going. Lifer. No, no, no. You're a lifer, Shark. I'm not going another 10 years. I, I can't, Bob, I can't get up at 1 o'clock in the morning for another 10 years. Just I told you, do. Shark, it's dancing in the dark. I get up in the evening. I ain't got nothing to say. You go to bed in the morning feeling the same way. <laughs> oh, gosh, look at Bodie on the draw. Bodie's all over it. That's amazing. Yeah, that's you're like this is like your your mantra here, Shark. Right. You know, so if you start going to bed early enough, you can wake up and watch the games before you come into work. How about that? That might be the solution. So, uh, okay, let me think about this. If I slept from like two p.m. to 8 p.m. and got my six hours in, then I could get up and watch baseball and the NBA playoff and then just come into work. Yeah, think about this. You could wake up, go to dinner with your wife, watch them, watch your games, <laughs> and then come on into work. You know, you've got something there, Bob. I'll, I, I, it, because I would never see my wife, I, I could at least eat dinner with her at <laughs> 2 o'clock in the afternoon. All right, let's do that. You could have breakfast when you get back home. Yes. Keeping you informed about what's trending this morning. It's time for a little re-rack on Morning Juice. Sponsored by Billiards Plus. The best selection of pool tables and the best service in Central Ohio. Bob, I know when you're on those uh, Buckeye Cruise for Cancer cruises, always on Royal Caribbean, the whole ship reserved for nothing but Buckeye fans. I assume the, the, the hotel you're in this week has no outsiders, just a bunch of scarlet and gray roaming the hallways? From what I've been told, I think that there was uh, like 10, like some sort of foreign soccer team or something that was here, and they're the only people that are not. They have like 10 rooms, and like they couldn't buckle, oh, they were locked I, in. I feel sorry for those guys. At 100%. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if you're a normal person, would you want to come to this? I wouldn't. I mean, go to, if I just stumbled into like a Bama deal like this, I'm yeah. like, that sounds terrible. I wouldn't want to be here, especially if I wasn't even like a sports fan or anything at all. So, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty much just all Buckeyes here. I'm getting ready to get my breakfast shark. I'm oh, tell really me sure. about breakfast. Well, here was the debate that I was trying to have. I I love a good buffet. And when you're at hotels, you get the buffet. It's fantastic. And I just realized I overheard the guy talking to people in front of me as I went out and I have to leave this room that I'm in because it's so cold during breaks or else I'll literally freeze to death, Shark. You'll, you won't hear me because I'll be frozen laying on the ground dead. So um, I went out and I'm like, looking, okay, I can smell the food. It's great. And so I could order off the menu and I'm like, ah, I'd probably just get the omelet, you know, and do that. And it's good, but, you know, get it with some fruit and that might be okay or breakfast potatoes. I'm like, or do I go all in on the buffet? It's a little bit more, but then I can get, you know, I can still get an omelet they can make up there. And I can get some bacon and some other stuff and some juice and coffee. And then I found out for Platinum, Titanium, and Ambassador members that that's only like 10 bucks. And I'm like, that sounds great. And like, I wonder if I qualify for that. Because I traveled so much for two years, three years with ESPN. I'm like, yeah, Titanium Elite member. That sounds good. So I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to go with the buffet because I love to get some nice bacon and sausage. Probably get a little omelet with that. And uh, that should be a win. So after this segment, I'm going to go out there and get all that taken care of and uh, get ready to eat a little breakfast. And then, Shark, like I'm going to go back and I'm going to probably take a little nap before we have our uh, 
What do I have here? I've got my itinerary logged up for you. I've got the Roosters Runway Fashion Show um, where we're going to do some modeling. I've got that at 11.15 check-in, which 11.45 starts. That means I probably will check in at 11.30. So if I can eat, go up to the room at 9 o'clock, I guarantee you Courtney's still sleeping because she came in late night and her clothes are all over the place. So (laughs) it must have been a rough one for her. So she'll probably be laying there. Um maybe take a little nap from about 9 to 10.30, get a little lift in from like 10.30 to 11.30, and then uh, grab some libations and hit the ground running for this uh, Roosters runway and uh, get it rolling here for the rest of the rest of the day. I'm going to get some interviews for you, Shark. Nice. And so tomorrow we'll be able to have, uh, be able to talk to some of the guys. We've got Paris Campbell here. I'm trying to get some of the current players. Johnny Dixon's here, some of the younger guys. I think Zeke's coming in today, Raekwon McMillan. So try to grab some of these dudes. Um, get all get all, that all taken care of, and uh, Schleich said he wants to come on at six thirty tomorrow. I'm like, I'm not letting you do that. Why There's not? No re- First of all, he would have to call because I don't have another headset or mic. Well, that's all I right. I guess he could. Shark, I'm not asking a guy who's woke, who wakes up so early all the time on a day. He is here with his wife, getting to sleep in and relax. And there's a good chance that he wouldn't wake up by 6.30 tomorrow anyway. I'll talk to him. Maybe we'll see if we can make it work. But I'd rather just grab some interviews from some of the other guys. And you'll make it easy on everyone. And they get a chance to hear from some people that, you know what, some bu- former Buckeyes that maybe you don't get to hear from so often. So it's uh it's a pretty good little deal. So we'll be able to get that going together tomorrow. Has there been an A.J. Hawk sighting yet? Oh, yeah, Coach. I already talked to him. Okay. Talked to him. He flew down with us. How about this? Our guy, A.J., flew down on the charter and – like, where's Lori? He's like, Lori's flying down tomorrow. He's like, with the four kids. I'm like, oh, oh that, my gosh. you definitely got the winning end of that draw. I'm like, my goodness, you've got four kids ranging in ages from like 11 or 10 to, um, my goodness, what is these youngest? Like three, maybe? Like, that, that is a bumpy flight right there. And I feel bad for whoever else is riding on that flight with them. And Laura's just basically like a zookeeper there, going to be slinging food, like little snacks at them and giving them iPads to keep them quiet. <laughs> and, and so he'll call in tomorrow then, right? At 8 I think he, yeah, he should yeah. be good. I'm going right. to, I'll lock it down, but he'll, AJ will be up. He'll be up working out and he'll be good. I always have faith in him. Schlegs is the guy, Shark, as you know, from having worked with him where there's, and you only somehow it only happened once that he overslept, and it happened on a day that I was not working, and I still woke up before him <laughs> to realize that he wasn't on. Yeah, I mean, I I was paranoid. I was texting with Matt Andrews about you know he, he made he brought up something Flag City or something. I can't even remember what he texted me, but I was like, man, I woke. I set my alarm. It was normally for like four four fifteen. I pushed it back to like five twenty. It doesn't matter. I woke up at 4.15, but before that, I had woken up at like 3.15, three 2.15. I mean, I woke up like every 40 minutes because I'm like, I cannot miss this. I can't do that to Shark. I'm not going to oversleep. And so I literally like wake up after every like half REM cycle, mid-REM, boom, woke up. Oh, gosh. I saw it was 5 o'clock. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so late. I'm like, wait a second. I got like 15 more minutes. I'm not working out today. I just need to walk downstairs and, and throw everything on and just make sure it all works, which thankfully... Thankfully, it did. So it was all good, but uh, not a relaxing night of sleep by any stretch. I haven't even had any coffee today because I want to take that nap, Shark. In this room, I said I'm just powered off freezing temperatures today. Man, so when you talk about uh, AJ and his four kids there, I I didn't realize that there were kids at this thing. 
Some people will bring their kids. I'm probably going to look at maybe bringing ours the next time. They get My kids get so salty. And why do you guys always get to go and go on vacation and do this? And we take them on some vacations and do some stuff with them. We just like one family vacation a year. Hey, oh. hey Bob, just imagine this. I'm, I'm thinking about uh, Schlegs. If we weren't in COVID when he was doing morning juice and he had to come into oh. the radio station, we, we might not have seen him till like 7, 7.30. Oh, no, he would have. He would have rarely been that late but he definitely been walking in mid-segment mid-first segment in his mind like if he had pulled in in his mind if he was five minutes away and it was six o'clock he was on time he'd be on time that's how he operates so yeah he it would have it would have been a really real he wanted to drive and go do it at the shop i'm like schlegs don't do that to yourself he's no 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 i'm like don't do it to yourself and after like a week, he's like, yeah, that would have been a bad idea. I'm like, I know it would have been a bad idea. 100% I know it would have been a bad idea because I know you better than you know yourself. To thy own self be true, Shark. Mm, yes. To give you a little Shakespeare right there. Thank you. Understand what you are and be self-aware of that. Schlegs is not a morning person. He is the antithesis of a morning person. Like there's nothing about Anthony Schlegel that's about the morning. He's caffeinated dominate. Yeah. Bro, you take two coffees and two monsters, and it's not even 7 o'clock yet, and you still sound tired. How is that real? You have enough caffeine in there to power an elephant. You know, Bodie gave us, uh, just gave us a, a feel-good story about Greg Olson uh, and what has us juiced. Uh, let me give you a feel-good story, Bob. A 93-year-old Ohio woman has finally been awarded the diploma she was refused in high school. Dorothy Leggett was expelled from Akron North High School more uh, mere weeks before her 1942 graduation when the administration learned she was violating a school policy that banned married students from attending. What? She Public go- school? Yes. This is 1942, you know, during the war. And well, I mean, I thought it may have been shark because she was practicing communism like you. Yeah, well, yeah, or, you know, back then, uh, pregnancy in high school was kind of frowned upon, too, and sometimes they would expel you from school for that. But Akron Superintendent David James hand-delivered the diploma to Leggett at her home yesterday on her 93rd birthday. He felt compelled to grant her the long-awaited certificate after reading a letter from her daughter explaining what had happened. When I read the letter and did some follow-up research, I felt terrible for the way Mrs. Leggett was treated all of those years ago and wanted to do what we could to make it up to her. To have invested 13 years in school, to have been a good student and still not received a diploma because of that was simply wrong. So, yeah, what is that? Uh, 93, let's say uh, 74 years late, she gets... (laughs) She gets her high school diploma. Yeah, it's uh, it's a long time, man. But good for her. I mean, that stuff, it's ceremonial, but you know what? I guarantee you it feels good. It feels really good for that to happen. She probably gets a little smile on her face. Heck, Shark, when you're 93 producing the morning juice Mm. and someone comes and does something like this for you, like it's going to be an impactful day. Bob, do you know how old you're going to be the next time the cicadas arrive? Uh, will be what are you, 37? 55? Yes! 55! Yeah. You're going to be an old man the next time we see those cicadas. Not All my kids will be out of the house yes. by then. Yeah. And hopefully, I mean, finance our house on a 15-year mortgage. That'll be paid yeah. off. I'm just looking at all the different mm-hmm. things that will have happened. And I might 
be like in early stages of dementia at that point too so the show would be fantastic <laughs> yeah. you know it'd be very entertaining. entertaining yeah absolutely all right quickly let me get to this story uh jackets general manager yarmo yesterday announced several changes in the hockey operations department rick nash has been promoted to director of player development former blue jackets Derek dorsett and mark latest who have been named development coaches Nash is now 37, will supervise the, uh, supervise the club's development coaches, oversee the progress of prospects throughout the organization, and provide feedback to management on player advancement. Spent the past two years with the Jackets as a special assistant to the general manager. And, uh, you is know... That, I feel like that might be... I, I was curious because I thought he was something to the GM. I thought it was assistant GM, but I guess he was a special assistant to the GM. Right. But, you know, for years, for years and years, that guy was the face of the franchise. And, yeah. and you know, when the playing days were over, he still came back to Columbus, even though he's a Canadian kid. And uh, I, I, I'm, I'm really happy. Like last week, didn't he? Yeah, 37th birthday. Yeah. We I think you mentioned that on the air. And uh, I'm just happy that he's part of the organization still. Oh, the fact that he came back to Columbus, you know, and enjoys it here. His wife's from here. I mean, it's it's all good. Yeah, he wants to be part of it. That's why, you know, people get upset when some of these guys don't want to be here. I'm like, Rick always wanted to be here. He just wanted to win. And then they talked about trading him. He's like, well, if you're going to talk about it, let's just do it. You know, and so I understand where he was coming from with this. But, you know, he likes to live here. But why? I mean, Rick's a guy from outside of Toronto, and he's a quiet dude, keeps to himself. He didn't necessarily need the big, huge, shiny market. I mean, that wasn't what he was about. And he's a family dude, likes to play golf. So, like, he checks those boxes. He's not a young Russian dude that's looking for uh, Kaiser Sosa style uh, or looking for piles of piles of cocaine and, and Russian hookers. Like, you can't find that in Columbus on a Monday night. At least I don't know where that is. Shark, you, you might. Rothman <laughs> yeah, probably yeah. does for sure. But We do have plenty of vodka here, though. Russian vodka, yeah. Who are the top 10 receivers in the NFL? A CBS Sports list may surprise you. We'll check out the list next. You're listening to Morning Juice on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. This report is sponsored by Taco Bell. The accident on Highway 31 has cleared. Traffic, though, is slow on I-670 westbound between I-71 and 3rd Street. And we do have a bit of a slowdown as well on I-71 northbound between Greenlawn Avenue and I-70. With double the seasoned beef and a large drink, Taco Bell's earth-shaking nachos deserve a name with some oomph, something grand. Ah, grande. It's Taco Bell's Grande Nachos. At a participating U.S. Taco Bell location near you for a limited time, drinks exclude freezes. Double the seasoned beef claim as compared to the Nachos Bell Grande. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, The Fan Traffic. Protein shakes and energy drinks. The Breakfast of Champions. This is Morning Juice. All right, we need to uh, zip through this segment because uh, Laura Rutledge is coming up next, and I would much rather talk to her than uh, talk about NFL wide receivers. Uh, But before we get Bobby's list of, let's say, the top three or four receivers in the league, let me go with Jared Dubin's list. Jared writes for CBSSports.com. And uh, I'll go from uh, 10 to 1 here. Number 10, best receivers for 2021 
in the NFL, number 10, Michael Thomas, our buddy who uh, would be uh, much higher on this list, obviously, if not for a, an injury-plagued season last year. Number nine, Keenan Allen. That so hold on, is this a list, Shark, of like what they've done or what we expect I, them to do this yes, year? Yes, what, uh, what he calls ranking the NFL's top 10 wide receivers for 2021. So, yeah, it's based more on projection, I would think, than uh, what they did last year. Although, when you go down this list, you see that these guys were all pretty good last year. Keenan oh, Allen's yeah. at number nine. He had 100 catches last year. Then you've got Justin Jefferson of the Vikings at number eight. Um yeah, 1,400 yards receiving last year. A.J. Brown is number seven. Calvin Ridley, number six. DeAndre Hopkins still up there. He had another great season with 115 catches. Now uh, changed changed teams. Uh, D.K. Metcalf, number four. He had a Ooh. solid year last year. 83 catches, 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs is at number three. Then you've got... Probably the most explosive player in the NFL at number two, Tyreek Hill. And number one, really no surprise, this guy was a monster last season. 18 touchdown receptions, Devontae Adams. So uh, and, He won slugs. He won slugs the Riker Automotive Fantasy. Single-handedly. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it was him and who else did he have? He had two re- another receiver that, like, his first two picks were receivers, which people say never to do in fantasy. Right. And I'm trying to think, oh, you know who he had? His two dudes were Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams. Those were his top yeah, two guys, and they, they got him like 60 points the last two weeks. It was unbelievable. And remember, he started off like 0-3 or 0-4 oh, yeah. and came back. He barely back. made the playoffs. Yes. Like, it was unbelievable. But, yeah, I understand this. Like, Here's the one thing, though, looking at this. And I think this is why Michael Thomas is ranked lower. Not because of the injuries last year, but because it's either going to be Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston throwing him the football. And so that's a lot different than Drew Brees, you know, who was fading last year, but people still had confidence, you know, and he, he could still get it to Michael Thomas, who ultimately got hurt. But, yeah, but Tyreek Hill, okay, you look at the quarterback, you feel good. Stephon Diggs, you look at the quarterback, you feel good. Metcalf, you feel good. Hopkins, okay, Kyler Murray, we think he's getting there. You know, Calvin Ridley, okay, you know, he's still got Matt Ryan, and now he doesn't have Julio. He'll be the focus guy of this situation. Uh, A.J. Brown. Now, he's getting some help on the outside. Will yep. that take away some targets with Julio Jones coming over? And then, um, ultimately, how good do you feel about Ryan Tannehill? Was last year kind of just a one-off or, he, you know, two-off? Can he continue to improve and keep building upon this? So, we'll see how that goes. I think he can. Um, Justin Jefferson in Minnesota had a great year. Uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, Shark, how good is he? I mean, it feels like he's kind of regressed a little bit and hasn't played as well as he did a couple years ago. Uh, so that's going to impact where he's at. Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert looks really good, but he's still really young. So you're not positive. You know, his level of consistency. I know whoever did the list of quarterbacks before wanted to put him as like the seventh best quarterback in the country, but or in the NFL, but I thought, hey, it might be a bit premature since he's started one NFL season. But yeah, but like, like Michael Thomas coming back to it, I mean... You'd have Taysom Hill, who's kind of a runner and can throw it a little bit. Or you have Jameis Winston, who might throw for a ton of yards, but also take a ton of sacks and throw a ton of picks. So there's a lot on, on both sides of it there. So just give me your top three. Do you agree with him? Um, Here's the thing. I, just, I keep going back to this conversation now with Todd Bowles, who, I mean, he, he he's the, court, he's the uh, defensive coordinator for the reigning Super Bowl champs who shut down that Chiefs offense. 
And Tyreek Hill is an explosive athlete. He's not a great route runner. He can run takeoffs and he can run stops. And so if you can stop their running game and play guys over the top, like he's not going to beat you just catching little stops. He doesn't want to do that. I think Devontae Adams probably is the best receiver in the NFL right now. Now, he's got the best quarterback, I think, outside of Pat Mahomes, like throwing to him um, and Aaron Rodgers. So if Aaron's not there, that's going to dramatically impact his production. But he's a monster in the red zone. He has good run after the catch. Diggs, it was really good in Minnesota, and he was even more dominant in uh, Buffalo. In Buffalo, But I still think Hopkins is probably a little better than him. Metcalf... He's surprised me. He's been great. I don't have a ton of disagreements with this. I would move Hopkins up a little bit. Um, that's probably about it. Everything else, and I would move Michael Thomas probably. The tough thing is his quarterback. So I just keep going back to that shark. Yeah. He's got so many balls because Drew Brees can literally thread a needle from you know twenty yards away. Now, can he throw a fifty? Maybe not. But he did a great job with Michael Thomas. So I. I just worry about his production from that standpoint. But DeAndre Hopkins is probably the only guy I would say. They're at five. You could probably bump him up to three and bump everyone else down. And I'd feel pretty good about this list. You know, I, I just to look at a couple guys that didn't make the list, and, and, and maybe I'm a little biased. I thought Terry McLaurin was great last year, and you're talking about quarterback play. He's going to have Ryan oh, Fitzpatrick God. this season. Of course, they had mediocre quarterback play last year and he still yeah and he still shined some say overachieved but i i would just say he achieved he was he was really solid last year and then julio jones let's not forget about julio he was hurt a lot last year but when he played he was still really good and now he's he's going to be motivated you would think so i i might put him on this list no you're right i mean that's not that's not a negative terry mclaurin i think could probably slide in there you could – I just don't know who you would take off. You know, he was be- – like Keenan Allen, like, do you slide him off? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, Bob, there are so many great receivers in this league. We didn't talk yeah. about uh, Adam Thielen. Um, we didn't talk about a guy like, uh, well, Cooper Cup, who has, uh, was injured a little bit last year, but just a solid slot receiver. Every team yeah. has really good receivers. Chris Godwin didn't make oh, yeah. the, the top ten. Chris Godwin or uh, oh gosh, Evans. Evans, Mike. Yeah. They're one of those guys, man. Yeah. And they're both great. You know, I mean, so it's. I, I think Tyreek Hill's probably rated a little high. I'd, I'd bump him down maybe to five. I know he's really explosive. I, and like you said, there's other guys that you had mentioned there. I mean, my goodness, it's tough. Yeah. It's just when you have a list of 10. It's a list of 10. Yep, yep, no doubt about it. All right, she is the host of NFL Live on ESPN and SEC Nation on the SEC Network. It's Laura Rutledge, and we'll talk to her next. You're listening to Morning Juice on the Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Good morning. This report sponsored by Taco Bell. There's an accident on James Road at Stelzer Road. Watch for a bit of a slowdown there. And slow traffic can be found on I-71 southbound between I-670 and Main Street and also on I-70 westbound between Miller-Kelton and the 71 East split. With double the seasoned beef and a large drink, Taco Bell's earth-shaking nachos deserve a name with some oomph. Something grand. Ah, grand. Grande Nachos at a participating U.S. Taco Bell location near you for a limited time. Drinks exclude freezes. Double the season beef claim as compared to the Nachos Bell Grande. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. 
Rising, grinding, and hitting the fairway by 9.30? Hang on, did Bieber write this? Now back to Morning Juice on The Fan. Mark the Shark from Columbus, Bobby Carpenter from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, on a Thursday edition of Morning Juice. And right now we welcome to the show the host of NFL Live on ESPN, Laura Rutledge. She appears courtesy of the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Laura, um, you are an SEC girl, born and raised, educated at the University of Florida. And I just want to get your perspective on something. It's uh, it, it's kind of a personal question. Laura, are you okay with that? I'm, I'm all good with okay. it. Yeah. I grew up an Ohio State fan, and I, uh, of course, despised Michigan. I hated the colors. I, I, I didn't root for the Wolverines in any sport, not just football. I just will never root for them. And um, I worked with a woman in radio a few years ago who is a Tennessee volunteer. She attended, she graduated from UT, all that. And we were talking about an OSU Florida game, and she said, uh, go Gators. And I said, wait, you you root for the Gators? That's the enemy. That's your arch rival. And she said, I always root for the SEC. And I'm just curious, are you the same way? <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> funny because I do think that is a specific to the SEC thing. That's something that SEC fans do. And I, it's probably why the rest of, of college sports and the rest of fans, you know, of other conferences just hate the SEC because it's, it's probably really annoying. But um, look, I mean, for me at this point, like I, I'm kind of rooting for storylines and I'm <laughs> enjoying who's ever playing in, in games and, and all that. But I probably do root for the SEC sometimes. But if I'm sitting there just, you know, a totally – unbiased uh, member of the media, I guess, is, is a different story. But if I'm not, if I'm just, like, being able to enjoy it as a fan, you know, like, when I watch the College World Series coming up, I, I will probably look more toward the SEC teams because I know them, and I've, I've covered college baseball for years uh, prior to, you know, not doing it these last couple of years. So, yeah, I don't know. It, but, but, listen, like, any SEC fan you talk to, I actually think they would do that. But the one difference is, I don't know that an Alabama fan is rooting for Auburn or an Auburn fan rooting for Alabama. I think that's the one that just people just can't get past. And I don't think a lot of other SEC fans root for Alabama. Like, I think everybody probably does. Unless you're an (laughs) Alabama fan, you're kind of like, eh, we're good on them. They got enough. They they don't need any (laughs) more. Oh, absolutely. We're talking to the wonderfully talented Miss Laura Rutledge here on The Morning Juice. And, you know, looking at some of the stuff that's going on in the NFL, but staying in the South, and a former Bama quarterback and Tua Tungavailoa, a lot was made, or of his five interception day at OTAs, and had kind of an up and down rookie year. But you know, expectations for him moving forward, and you know, how long of a leash do you think you know he will ultimately get there? Given that you know Miami feels like they're you know trending towards being ready to go, and you see a lot of you know younger quarterbacks, they're not given really a three, four, three or four years anymore. It's what have you done in your first two seasons? And then we'll kind of look from there. Yeah, I mean, I think to that point, Bobby, it's just like this this season is incredibly important for Tua Tungavailoa. And, and she knows it. And, and it's why you actually see him taking the risks and being more aggressive in practice right now. Because how's he going to know if he can do it if he doesn't do it now? This is the time when you're not going to be penalized for anything that happens. And, and obviously, once that season starts, it's totally different story but I think the the Dolphins have made it very clear that for now 
they are drafting and building around Tua. You look at adding Jalen Waddell in the draft. It's a very clear message. Hey, we're getting you a guy who can help you stretch the field, who can help us have more of a deep threat. We got Will Fuller for you. Putting all of this together. But I think the interesting thing for Tua is that the way that he operates, and, and you know, for those of us that watched him a ton in college when he was healthy, so much of it's based around instincts. He's not a guy that, like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's going to sit there and just be able to, just dissect any playbook and, and internalize it. And that's just not the type of player that he is. You know, Tua is a instinctual player who in the moment sees the field a certain way and is able to make some incredible throws as a result. I think some of the way that the NFL game came at him, some of it could be because he's coming off of that injury last season, but some of the way that it came at him is probably not the best way for him to totally understand it and for him to grasp the playbook. So it's going to be interesting to see if on that end, in more of a philosophy standpoint, the Dolphins are able to set him up to succeed because the time is now. I think he's got to do it this year. Laura, the NFL has been to Mexico City. They've been to London a hundred times. Now the league is kind of exploring Germany. And I'm just wondering, I guess, first of all, if you've got an update on that, and 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 what are the reasons behind it? Why, why do home t- do home teams want to play at a neutral site for one of their home games? <laughs> yeah, I don't think the teams uh, really want to. Like, I think if you ask the players, I mean, it's got to be. You guys know you're dealing with time zones. You're dealing with a disruption in their schedule, which we all know that uh, these elite athletes are oftentimes sort of prisoners to their own schedules in a way that works for them. And so to disrupt that and sort of blow it up in the middle of the season is difficult. I I think the NFL, though, is very, very passionate about trying to grow the fan base internationally. And it's interesting because I'll even run into where I'll get tons of messages from international fans that, or even watching NFL Live, or just our NFL fans in general, it, it is a league that has a presence in Europe and has a presence, you know, certainly in South America as well. And so I think they're trying to grow that. But I, it is interesting, like if some if some of these players and and even some of these coaches could tell the truth about how they feel about it, I don't know that they would be uh, in love with it. But we know this league is based around making money, and they're going to continue to do that in the best ways they can. We're talking to Laura Rutledge here, host of NFL Live on the Morning Juice on the Brian Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. And Laura, we had a conversation a couple years ago uh, in the seaport up in New York when Justin Fields transferred to Ohio State from Georgia. And you know, there's a battle there with Jake Fromm. You know, could he, you know, could he start? Who should have started? And he comes up there, and you know, I think there was some mixed signals on him on Florida, or Georgia on what he ultimately could be. Fast forward a couple years, really good career. Haven't talked to you since he got drafted up in Chicago. Um, what are your expectations for him this season? And I know Matt Nagy said uh, Andy Dalton is the day one starter, but those things can be very fluid in a hurry. Yeah, Matt Nagy needs to start Justin Fields day one. And <laughs> I will continue to say this as many times as I possibly can. Uh, to me, it, it's, yes, I get it. You know, you want to give him time to ease in and all that. But, like, you don't trade up to get this guy – they, they have they singled him out as a player that they wanted, and rightfully so, because I think he's going to be exceptionally successful at the NFL level. They single him out. You don't get the guy and then just, like, wait to start him. Now, it's interesting because Lewis Riddick, who's really close with Nagy and that Bears front office, he's 
said yesterday on NFL Live that he would he thinks like he can almost guarantee that in the first quarter of the season Justin Fields will be the starter. So okay, I guess I can deal with that if he doesn't start game one. But I mean, my my thought is if you look at the Bears' schedule, go ahead and get him out there because it starts out a little softer than it ultimately ends up toward the middle and the end. Get him some of those reps, get him more comfortable. I think too, this gives Matt Nagy an opportunity to go back to more of his successful play calling, which was a couple years ago when he really was taking some aggressive risks, really trying to stretch the field. You guys know this so well, having watched Justin Fields a ton. And even when you see it in person, it's just different. That The touch on the deep ball is unbelievable. It's one of the prettiest deep balls I've seen. I think his accuracy in that part of his game, as well as his ability to you know, just make some things happen, to create with his legs. He's certainly not some guy that we're going to sit here and say, oh, he's going to be running around out there, but he can do it if he needs to do it. That just adds such a unique skill set to an offense. And Andy Dalton's not doing that. So no offense to Andy Dalton. He'll be a great guy in the quarterback room with Justin Fields, but Fields should be the starter. And I'll just piggyback on that. Something that's even a little more far-fetched than that is down in Jacksonville where you've got, of course, Gardner Minshew uh, as the previous starter. And now Trevor Lawrence. And yesterday, Brian Schottenheimer, the oh. passing game coordinator, came out and said, oh, no, we're not close to naming a starter. Florida alum, too, Laura. <laughs> I mean, oh. I, I get it. Coaches have to say that. They want to have competition. But Trevor's the starter from day one, right? Yeah, that thing, that I mean, uh, you heard my disdain when I even <laughs> hear you say it again. Yesterday, it was actually funny. We were going to talk about this on NFL Live for a second, like as a joke, and then it got cut because we ran out of time. And I said, that's fine, because that was stupid anyway. That, that's how I feel about it. Here's the thing. Trevor Lawrence, I don't care if Trevor Lawrence is terrible. He's going to start every single game. I mean, unless, God forbid, he gets injured, which we hope he stays incredibly healthy. I, I think, too, I mean, you even notice the way that the Jaguars are handling him at camp. He had just, you know, tiny little tweaks here and there, just normal injuries that, like, if he were to be, if they were to have a game, even Urban Meyer said he'd be playing in the game. And they're still taking it very easy on him. He is their prized possession. He is their king guy there. They're not going to not start him. And, and like, Gardner Minshew knows that. I mean, geez, he shaved his mullet, but he didn't do it because he thought he was starting quarterback for the, for the Jaguars. I don't know if he shaved it. He cut it. Yeah. Uh, I, should be, I should be clear there. But, yeah, that's ridiculous. And Trevor Lawrence. You know, look, that's going to be a really interesting situation because the Jaguars aren't very good. So you've got these two quarterbacks in Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson who are drafted one and two in the draft who are going to bad teams. And, and there's going to be, it's going to be, I think, similar to even what we saw last season where everyone's talking about how great Justin Herbert is. And, and they should because he had a great year. Uh, and the Chargers aren't even that good, but they're better than some of these other teams that um, other guys have gone to. And I, I think that part of it, and it really becomes interesting because how do you really assess a guy in a rookie year? And to Bobby's point earlier, their leashes are just so short at this point. I, I wish these teams would give these quarterbacks a little more time and continue to put pieces around them, especially on the O-line, to, to help them have more success early. All right, we got 30 seconds here, Laura. I'm going to put you on the spot. The uh, uh, nominee is for uh, ESPYs came out yesterday. And uh, the best NFL player, you've got Tom Brady, Aaron Donald, Derek Henry, Aaron Rodgers. Who are you voting for? I'm voting for Tom Brady. And, I, you know, I wish I could say somebody else because that's kind of a boring vote. But Tom Brady's unbelievable. I mean, the fact that he did everything he did last year and we find out recently that he was basically hurt the entire season. His knee was bothering him and he's going to have to get surgery. It's like, all right, great. So you're already 
you know, 43 and you're out here doing this and, and turns out you were hurt. So you'll be even better next year. Unbelievable. Best player. Laura, great job. Keep up the good work. It's always great talking to you. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. That is Laura Rutledge on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Of course, uh, NFL Live host on ESPN and also uh, host of SEC Nation on the SEC Network. We wrap up the show next with a look at the U.S. Open and a look at the Daily Fan Poll. You're listening to Morning Juice on the Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Good morning. This report is sponsored by Churches. We do have an accident on South Charleston Pike northbound between US 42 and Highway 54. That's closed. Also, there was an accident on James Road at Stelzer Road. And things are slow on I-70 westbound between Miller Kelton and the 71 East split. Pull into Churches today and experience a true original bourbon. Black Pepper Smokehouse Chicken is back. Peppered and kissed with their bourbon glaze only at Churches. Offer five bucks. Churches bringing that down home flavor. Offer valid at participating locations. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, the fan traffic. Pour some donuts in a bowl and get on with it. This is Morning Juice. Round one of the 2021 U.S. Open. Uh, just about. 50 minutes away from getting started out at Torrey Pines. First tee times are at 6.45 out there, which is 9.45 here. Justin Thomas and Brooks Kepka going off at 10.29 our time. Phil Mickelson going for his first U.S. Open title at 10.51. He has been the runner-up there, I think, four times. OSU's Bo, Ho- uh, Bo Hogue going at 3.41. Bryson DeChambeau tees off at 4.14. Jordan Speed 4.25. And uh, scanning down the list here, Rory and Dustin Johnson tee off at 436 today. All right, uh, the Daily Fan Poll sponsored by Riker Hyundai. Today's fan poll at 971thefan.com. SB's nominations have been released. Who would you vote for as best team over the past year? So far, we have 170 votes in Alabama and their college football national championship come in first with 50% of the vote. And then you've got Tampa Bay in the NFL at 23%. Baylor, the men's basketball champion, at 18%. And bringing up the rear, the Dodgers from Major League Baseball at 9%. So not not too surprising there, Bob. It's not, because you've, you've had to have watched the team to actually be able to vote for them. So that's probably the Dodgers' main problem is <laughs> just lack of overall viewing and interest. Um Tough to argue against Bama. It's amazing Ohio State fans, even though they beat you, it's like, yeah, yeah, we felt like we were pretty good, and they were clearly a better team. So you tip the cap, you move on, and you say, nice job. So you know what? I respect the Ohio State fans and the Columbus faithful for uh, conceding that. To me, it would either be them or Tampa with how good they were. All right, Bob, go upstairs and wake up Courtney, and uh, you can take a little nap yourself. Don't pull an all-nighter tonight, because I, I need you here in the morning, all right? Coach, I'll have you ready. I'm going to get some sound. All right. It'll be an easy show tomorrow with lots of great stuff going on. Terrific. And we'll have AJ at 8.35 as usual. That's the plan. Schleich said he still wants to come on. Okay. And he wants to share a microphone with me. And when I say share it, meaning the one on my headset that we'll both talk <laughs> into. So that could be very interesting. All right, Bob. Have fun down there today, and we'll uh, we'll talk in the morning. Up yes, next, sir. Bo and James here until noon on Bishop and Laurinaitis. 
And we are back at 6 a.m. It's Morning Juice on the Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. This report is sponsored by Taco Bell. You will find South Charleston Pike northbound closed between US 42 and Highway 54 due to an accident. And there's a crash on James Road at Stelzer Road. With double the seasoned beef and a large drink, Taco Bell's earth-shaking nachos deserve a name with some oomph, something grand. Ah, grande. It's Taco Bell's grande nachos at a participating U.S. Taco Bell location near you for a limited time. Drinks exclude freezes. Double the seasoned beef claim is compared to the nachos Bell grande. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, the fan traffic. <laughs> 